wow. You can do that kind of thing. You oh, can do yeah. like R and B stuff too. You can. Yep. <laughs> very first time that I saw your brown eyes. Oh, yeah, you can do all kinds of shit. Welcome to this episode of Pancom Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm joined by chef, chili cook-off champion, and eighth grade basketball MVP, Michael Beltran. Now that's a factual wow. statement. There you go. We were 1-14, in 14, but I'm still proud of that trophy. Good stuff. Uh, and Tell we the are... people what you won. We just found out today that you're country music dance champion oh, and of that's Nebraska. Right. I have been trying to keep that close to the chest. Uh, Nebraska line dancing champion, 1997. Like the state of or the university itself? This is a <laughs> good question. Like, I love now, that we're digging like, in deep. This is a good I gotta question. I got to figure this thing out real quick. I, it, it hadn't even occurred to me that the University of Nebraska probably does have a line dancing team. There's no question. Yeah. There's no question. So I went oh, to Mizzou, and uh, oh, nice. so the Mizzou Nebraska thing was, was an interesting experience. Played against uh, Nebraska. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, National yeah. Championship game. That's right. There you go. Yeah. That's right. I'll never forget Vilma's. And Dunn did him in, too. So Vilma, that's... Vilma's hit on that tight end, that poor tight end. Remember, he's crossed the middle. Yeah, well, of course. Well, because um, who was on the sideline ended up being my, my future right guard for the Rams in the NFL was Richie Incognito, that everybody knows down here. I love that guy. He's my favorite. I and, love uh, that guy. I don't so care I became what like says. his babysitter slash best friend when I got to St. Louis. And uh, <laughs> babysitter. Yeah, well, was a little bit of both. You know, he. He's just he's a little bit of a hot mess, so everybody knows that. And uh, and then uh, basically, I, I I hear the stories of what happened that game. That that player never recovered ever again. And uh, that tight end, yeah, and literally was in the shower after the game, asking everybody if they won. Had zero clue. Well, they didn't tell me about the athletic director showing up at at halftime and the head coach saying, "Let's just try to keep this one close, boys." Like that, they basically they knew they were done by halftime. So. For those of you playing Guess the Guest at home, <laughs> we are joined. Yeah. For those of you ladies that are out there sitting on the speaker, Howard Stern style right now. Uh, over at Bobby's Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo Tango. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. That was good. Uh, we are with Brett Romberg. I believe, I haven't checked this, but I'm going to make a wild statement, a claim about this podcast. Wow. No chef-hosted podcast has had more University of Miami Hall of Famers than Pancom Podcast. I'd say that that's a factual statement. That has to be true. Probably, right? Yeah. Joaquin, between you, no, Joaquin, and Joaquin, Ed. And, yeah, and Eddie. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you got some have, good quality guests on. I know. How did you enjoy Ed Reed's conversation? Man, Ed Reed is one of the best human beings I've ever met. He's a solid guy. He's one of the best human beings I've ever met. Uh, I enjoyed that conversation through and through. It was like, you know, I mean, I'm obviously a big UM fan, too, right. growing up. So, you know, and that was when I was in high school, was when Ed was playing at UM. So I was like, and I was playing. What year were you born in then? What year were you? I was 80? born in 1985. You're an 85 baby. That's like my brother. Yeah, cool. Awesome. 1985. So, you know, in high school, high school ball, I mean, UM was like the thing. And we and were popping then too. Man, thing, were, thing, thing, were, things were going well. Were we ever? I say yeah. we as a fan. You claim, but, it. You claim it. Yeah, claim I, it. Well, I think, it. I, well, I think well, that's the best part about. The University of Miami at that point in time was everybody claimed it. Like in terms of this community, we we were 
Like the community was the University of Miami football program. I went to college in Virginia. I played college football at a small Division three school in Virginia, and every single human being around me was a Virginia Tech fan. Of right? course. Yeah. And I didn't care. I had zero. I gave zero fucks. I still talked all the shit that I possibly could talk, That's and funny. I fucking. And so there was like Old Dominion up there. Yeah, you you the. Cavs. Well, I went to games. I I remember I went to the uh, the game at NC State that Hester took back a punt, like the first punt, right. back to the house. Like yeah. I was at that game. It was like on our bye week or something, and it was just like, it, I like, just Miami was. That is the kind of attitude I wanted to take to my entire life, and that is how I took my attitude to Division Three football, which right. didn't translate super well for the coaches in the Baptist school that I went well, to. Well, judging by that menu that I just witnessed in the in the restaurant there, you basically said fuck you to all the all the typical the yes. menu items that you would see down here in South Florida. Nothing is typical. No. And absolutely nothing should be not. typical. It reminded me a lot, no bullshit. It reminded me a lot of I got off the plane um in Norway and it was my my family's hometown. So my my family's from Norway and I went back there one time to kind of like I don't know, I guess you could say find myself i don't know touch your roots yeah one of those kind of things and uh and the minute i got off the plane i I ended up putting my bags in the hotel and i went to this one restaurant so i said where do i got to go into this town to have a badass meal i go into this one place it's it's, the 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 town is uh it's called trondheim and uh i go in there i sit down everything's all wood it looks like a giant log cabin right next to a river and it's like elk uh deer sausage Mm. and like a lot of that game slash right now it's the season i'm killing i'm cooking what i'm eating basically you know that whole european mentality which is incredible incredible and it it resembled a lot of what i just saw here on the menu when i just came here thanks beautiful unbelievable like the flavor is incredible the fact that you're mixing the berries obviously with you know the different meat products and and the cheeses are banging i'm a a sodium digester if you yeah okay i I think today i think i'm about you know three or four thousand no doubt, three or four thousand of sodium today. A hundred, no doubt, because I I ate a half a bag of beef jerky this morning. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep the carbs down. Yeah. So. Yeah. This episode of Panko Podcast is brought to you by Estrella Dam. Every fall, Estrella Dam's Chef's Choice program has been a welcome annual program highlighting great South Florida restaurants their innovative cuisines, and the excellence of Barcelona's cherished beer. October 15th through November 15th. Hey, not so fast. This is Nick Jimenez again. I I am chiming in here to let you know that since we recorded this ad, Estrella Dam has extended its culinary journey program through November 30th. So that is the new end date for the program. You have until November 30th to try out this Estrella Dam culinary journey uh, experience. That includes 61 restaurants in uh, Miami, not just Ariette, but also two others that uh, are owned by past guests on the podcast. So uh, Kush by Stevens Deli over in Hialeah, and of course Eileen Andrade over in Finca Town is doing the culinary journey program at Finca Table and Tap. So uh, check out Estrella Dam's Culinary Journey at any of these places or any of the other uh, restaurants that are on that list of 61 restaurants participating in the program. The program returns, rechristened as Estrella Dam's Culinary Journey and featuring fabulous, fabulous restaurants in Dade and Broward County. 
During the month of October, adventurous foodies will be able to enjoy uniquely delicious and specially priced offerings from participating restaurants. From exclusive dishes to tasting menus, all paired with Estrella Dam. Classically, their program has been centered around a tasting menu paired with Estrella Dam. But this is a year unlike any other, so they wanted to give chefs and operators the freedom to create their own offering at their own price. Some are presenting a special dish, others a multi-course menu. Brewed in Barcelona with Mediterranean ingredients since 1876, Estrella Dam boasts a versatile and approachable flavor profile, making it an attractive pairing to cuisines from around the world, as evidenced by the eclectic lineup of participating restaurants. For more information on Estrella Dam culinary journey, including a full list of the more than 40 participating restaurants and menus, please visit www.estrelladamjourney.com. Now, Mike, what will this look like here at Ariette? So here at Ariette, we're going to be doing we're going to be doing a wonderful three course menu that's going to be kind of our signature dishes on it. Which one will be the short rib, the other will be our flan, and the first course will kind of be rotating with other things that we find to fit the Estrelladam profile. We wanted to be able to offer the beer with some of our signature dishes because. You know, we want to offer Estrella them 12 months out of the year, not just right now for a special menu. So we wanted to pair it with something that will be on our menu forever. Again, you can get to all the information about this program at www.estrelladamjourney. That's E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A-D-A-M-M journey. Estrella, like star in Spanish, dam, D-A-M-M, journey.com. So let me ask you the um, let's talk about like the whole progression from when when did football become the thing for you and then when you decided to take that to the next level because I think in any kind of like younger athlete's life you're yep. like you decide to start taking things seriously any good athlete young athlete that decides to take things seriously will make it to the next level cool. and then it's like the next next level nobody's so, ever asked me that before um it does fall in line with uh, a lot of stories that i used to tell but i was a baseball guy i played ball i was like you know team canada like legit scouted by major leagues the whole thing getting ready to play baseball and wasn't too interested in football because let's face it i'm in canada mm. not, not much going on up there football wise you know we have we have football we have the cfl um, and, and a side note, they actually asked the the British Columbia BC Lions CFL professional football team one time, they asked their coach, uh, now that Brett Romberg is retired, you have his draft rights because they drafted me. They said, is Romberg coming to the CFL? And he goes, why is our team for sale? Is he trying to buy it? <laughs> so they, he kind of mocked the salaries, you know, that those guys are getting up there. So um, I grew up wanting to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. legitimately loving baseball, never really taking football serious. But then a high school football coach really persuaded and pushed me to um, start favoring football as opposed to baseball due to the fact that I was growing bigger, I was stronger. And then I was hitting the weight room hardcore. So, and I was, I was hitting the weight room to pull tail. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I did sports for chicks. Totally transparent on yeah. that. No Dude, doubt about it. I think that's the majority of us sense. do it. Yeah. yeah, the majority of us do it. I wasn't looking for an accolade. I wasn't looking for a pat on the back. I was looking for chicks. 
yeah. ultimately. That's the reason why I got into it. I mean, when you're like 13 or 14 years old, 15, 16 years old, I mean, it's the best it's way. the end all my, deal. My girlfriend in high school was a cheerleader at Lourdes. So oh, you had a Lourdes girl. My yeah, wife's I mean, a Lourdes Colum- girl. I mean, I, w- I went to Columbus. Yeah, my so Columbus wife's a Lourdes, Lourdes girl. That made complete sense that's at that funny. time in my life. Of course. And, you know, that's, uh, I know my wife did like one year at Carrollton, I think. Maybe two years at Carrollton and then it wasn't for her. And then she ended up going over to Lourdes. And yeah, she was all into that cheerleading stuff too. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So then... Uh, how did you end up at UM? They, uh, there's like this ranking system because in Canada you can't get athletic scholarships. The only way to get a scholarship is academically. A lot of people didn't know that. So I, uh, I was the number one high school football player in Canada. So I literally. The whole fucking thing? The whole country. All of Canada? The, <laughs> all of it. All 15 <laughs> oh, miles man. from the border of the United States. <laughs> That's where the general population lives. Yeah. We, uh, I, I was all like, of all of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. The it's, whole massive. Country, it's, a, it's massive. It's massive. But there's a sloth of land. <laughs> even the like, French part? Yeah. <laughs> even, even the Frenchies. You better believe it. Yeah. Even the, even the Renuis, the frogs. Yeah, man. They, uh. Yeah, I uh, I was number one in Canada, and then I elected to get as far as fucking possible from Canada. I never heard of the University of Miami, never knew about Miami. We came here on a family vacation. We came to Fort Lauderdale on a family vacation. Very different. And that's the only thing I knew about it. And I actually, ironically, because I think Jesse Palmer already was at Florida at the time, and Jesse uh, kind of turned me on to the Florida Gator logo because I liked the color of it. It was a gator, which obviously we don't have in fucking Canada. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it's blue and orange, and that's kind of got cool colors. But little did I know I would grow to hate that later Gross. on in life. Yeah. Gross. Really, really putrid. Oof. But there's really good guys that come from, like, all the guys that I I'm played sure, with in the league. I'm sure, and there's, like, some good fans, too. But I just. Yeah, I wouldn't I go always that far. Go, I, there's some, <laughs> listen, there's some, right? There's some. I, I always go back to this one time. I went to a game at the Swamp, and I just. It was all the same person. It was all an Abercrombie and Fitch totally. wearing shirt with the, the things up. And then you're wearing chancletas. And then you're talking tough from 50, 50 yards away. And then when you get up close, you're very quiet. That is like, in essence, what the Gator fan is. Oh, there's portalitos everywhere. 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 I love your use of all the Miami words. Let's go. Continue. This no, is no. I, trust me. I, uh, that's, that's another thing. People, I'm the sleeper. I'm the Spanish sleeper. So people With that mustache, you must be. Well, I got the sticker put on my car when I tried to pick up my kid from school today. They just said, you can't come within 100 yards of this school. You got to leave, sir. I, I don't know what you're doing here. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm no longer allowed to pick up my kids anymore. Um, I'm growing out the stash for the Movember thing. Hmm. I figure I'd, I'd, you know, I'm worried about. Put context about, on that. Put I'm worried, context I'm worried on about the, my balls. So back in 2003 or four uh, in Australia, they started this Movember thing, this movement for raising awareness for prostate cancer. You know, the girls got October with the boobies. So I said, yeah. you know, what the hell? Why not go ahead and just get a little bit of uh, the month of November as well? So when I got to Atlanta, I participated in the in the Movember movement of raising money and awareness for men's health and prostate cancer and all that other stuff. Plus, I was assaulted, you know, when I was like 24 years old by a doctor who was just supposed to undo my, my testicular torsion, and he ended up giving me a prostate exam at the same time, which I, later I didn't know that you were supposed to be around 45, 50 years old before you get one of those. So I just, you know, I just took that one on the chin in front of my wife and everything, too. It was brutal. You can't recover from that. I went home late in the bottom of the shower for Did a few hours. Did he have a hours. mustache? Uh, he needed one. Oh, he needed one. <laughs> he didn't one. have one. But it he felt like he, it felt like he had one. That's how you let him so close. Was that he was, didn't see that the was mustache. Deceiving that bugger. He was licking his lips and everything. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so you you went on vacation to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, man. Which saw is a very different contest, than Miami. Which was fucking incredible. You saw what? A bikini contest. which oh, I wasn't aware good. that those existed. And I was twelve or thirteen years old. And life I was, changed forever. Oh fuck! It was unbelievable. I used to. 
I used to just go to town on baseball tournaments between the box spring and the mattress. And I just, I, you know, I continued that event later on in life <laughs> as much as possible. But uh, especially that vacation, which was weird because, you know, that's awkward explaining that one. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm seeing girls walk around with thongs and tan skin. Just in, like Canada. In, in December and January was yeah, incredible. It was, it was very similar to what goes on in Canada where you could actually see people's veins through their skin when it comes to those kind of months. Goddamn, <laughs> yeah. goddamn interview with a vampire going on up there. Nobody sees the sun. I forever. just I, I went before the world changed. I just I had just returned from Montreal like the week before. Oh, cool. How do you and like was, Montreal's a great city, though. It's, it's a bad. It was amazing. City. And the great food, food was amazing. Incredible. The whole thing was amazing. Like my uh, business partner is from Canada. Oh, so cool. we went because I had never been. So we went to Alpide de Cochon. We went yeah. to Joe Beef. We went to. Did you go to Super Jay. Sex at all or no? None of the none of the establishments. None of the, <laughs> that establishment we didn't go to. Uh-huh. Chipperie? No. Golly. <laughs> Apparently the, I missed the, out. The problem is there's a couple like what happens is they, they migrated. So Hell's Angels has got a huge footprint in Canada, right? The HA oh, yeah? huge, huge. If anything's happening in Canada, the HA has got their hand on it. So they usually started in Montreal and it started migrating south towards Toronto, Mississauga era. So all of the smoke show, badass, amazing, drop dead, crazy, gorgeous peelers that were up in Montreal started heading south. And all of a sudden, they started infiltrating Toronto and, and doing the Mississauga scene. And that became incredible. That was, that was a gift from God. It was <laughs> incredible. Like, natural. Like, that whole lip injection, ass implant shit, that don't happen up there. That no, no. go down up there. And then you'll get, like, up there, you get, like, lebs. You get Greeks. So you'll have, like, jet black hair with blue piercing eyes. And tan, ironically, for yeah, some yeah. freaking reason. Like... The, 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 the look up in Canada between the, you know, the Yugoslavian, Macedonian, Persian, Greek, you know, Arab, you know, Macedon, what, whatever it could be, Lebanese. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible, that mixture. It was, very, yeah. it, was a very di- it was a very different experience for me the four days I was there. I bet. Just like, but the food, I mean, I. I Isn't the food amazing there? Oh, There's man. So many- Good rest. Like I think, the, the, like, are you a big French food? Like the richness what, and sauces and all that I, stuff. That's what I do. You just had charcuterie. You need to come back for right. dinner, sir. Yeah, yeah. It'll. It's eye opening. It's what I we bet. do here. Anyways, let's talk about UM. Yeah, okay. How did you get to UM? Uh, Who recruited you Arthur from Canada? Arthur Francis Kehoe, the ah, offensive line coach. Same guy that recruited Art Kehoe. Yeah, Art Kehoe, the 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 heaviest angel in the world. Um, portly looking fella but yeah arthur francis was up there he actually was recruiting a kid in michigan and he decided to jump over the border because i'm literally a stone's throw away like i could see detroit skyline and um and he just jumped over and there was a combine going on like a workout session going on for a lot of the local south canadian southern ontario toronto south kind of talent and you know they had like michigan states and ohio states and michigan and all that was there very rare you're going to get a school from all the way from the South. Man, so, I hate all those schools. Go on. I know. I, I loved them growing up. And uh, I actually even I actually even visited the, the Ohio State thing, oh. too, which is incredible. I try not to. The fact that you called them the Ohio State I have a problem with. But just. Yeah, I on. know. Pretty brutal. Yeah, I had Katzenmoyer, who I, I had like a hard on for that dude. He was a middle linebacker back in the day. Crazy human being. Unbelievable. He was like he was like Greg Floyd from the Steelers, who was a black guy, ironically. This Katzenmoyer wasn't, clearly. And uh, Kevin Green. And Green. just animals at the linebacker position. And I love defense. I wasn't even thinking of offense. Defense is much funner. Way more fun. Way, way more fun. Much more fun. 
And uh, yeah, so and then and then Michigan was like, "You're too small to be an offensive lineman for us, so we want you to play D line." And I was just like, "Okay." And then Arthur Francis is like walking up and down, going Miami, Miami, and I keep looking around, and AFK is like five foot ten, so I was like looking for somebody like talking about Miami. I couldn't see anybody. He wasn't wearing any Miami gear, and uh, and I found out it was him, and he was like, "I'd like to get you down, you know, to, to take a you know, take a visit and come and see this campus and all that stuff." So came down here on a visit and. Fuck, I just said, how far is this place again away from Canada? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sign up and do it. So yeah. I said, I just you can't I get out. any farther. I want it out, man. I, I, God bless everybody that does the whole, you know, nine to five factory auto working thing, which the majority of everybody in my hometown growing up did. Ford's, Chrysler's, and GM are right there in my backyard. Mm. Green Giant and Heinz Ketchup. Like, it's, it's a very factory driven monotonous wake it's up. It's that like middle America, that, that part of America that kind of makes it run. Totally, a hundred percent. It's the it's the part of America like that blue collar fucking. It is. It really is. Get shit done. Part because I have a good friend in Cleveland, and I felt I felt very similar about like what happened in Ohio. Yep. And then I went over to Detroit. I did a dinner in Detroit. This was years ago, and I just felt the same thing there. You know, it's it's interesting because Miami is not like that. Totally so, not. Miami, my, yeah, Miami was uh, was a little bit of an eye opener. Uh, sheltered when I first got to campus because you know you don't really get off of it too much. So. Um, but then like learning about, you know, this person's driving a $90,000 car, but he's pulling up to a rental unit that, you know, is costing him 600 bucks and he's not making his rental payments. So I learned about that lifestyle because in Canada, that doesn't exist. Canada, you don't, you don't really own credit cards. You don't buy it unless you can afford it, unless you can pay cash for it. Like people buying houses, like they're saving and saving and saving and they buy houses they pay for. They're not interested in borrowing money. It's just, it's a very simple style of living up there. It's not like... Fuck, very rare you're going to see something funky. You see a Ferrari or a Lambo. Like even in Norway, that was another thing. Nor- Canada is very similar to Europe in terms of the way that they live. Very, very similar. They're not looking to outshine or live better or look better than anybody else. They're not interested in, in being better than their neighbor. They're just living life, man. Just it's the opposite of Miami. Totally opposite. Yeah, it the really complete is. and utter opposite. You'll have someone that drives a $120,000 car and uh, they'll drive up to an RV. 100%. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent a campground. Yeah. you better believe it. Yeah, yeah, man, with a with a with a with a goddamn sleeping bag in the back of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, that that was the best part about when I got here, man. I, I didn't know what to expect, obviously. And well, Joaquin is a Columbus guy, so you yeah, automatically that were put him, into a good situation. Him and his family, like they, re- as much as I like to bust his balls about, like Joaquin's the type of guy that will trip and fall and like look and then all of a sudden what just sheltered him from smashing his face off the ground would be like you know $25,000 stack that's on the ground and he just finds it he just picks it up and puts it in his pocket this is the person that Joaquin Gonzalez is he's the luckiest human being and then you know growing up and learning that you know luck is only because you've prepared yourself for an opportunity Uh, preparation meets opportunity that's what it's called 100% that's luck luck. oh man my college coach used to say that shit to us all the fucking time but it's true like if you really think about it like the slap dick that trips and falls and just all of a sudden has a lottery ticket is so few and far between and like he'll be broke in 10 years anyway but uh, but the guy that that really has worked his balls off, and then all of a sudden that opportunity presents itself, he's ready to take advantage of it. You know, I'm sure. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. But yeah, Joaquin, fucking guy, born with a rabbit's foot up his ass and his umbilical cord still stuck to his mom. Well, he's like, a Columbus guy, so it makes complete sense. That's why he's just still crushing the game. Mm-hmm. That's Joaquin Gonzalez. I'll take mm-hmm. that 100. So I mean, your years at UM were the good years. UM, that's yeah, when man. UM was. Uh, 
I mean, I remember it vividly. It was – it's hard to, like, top those college football teams. As in, you could talk about college football as however long you want. Right. Those teams have Hall of Famers on top of Hall of Famers on top of Hall of Famers. And, and, and I think it really did give me a jaded view of how good we really were. If you ask a lot of us – so you ask Ed Reed, you ask Joaquin, you ask all of us, how good did we really think we were – What's up, man? And we just like it was like kind of. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous for a little glass of rum. What do you got there? I know this guy. What do you got there? Oh man, Nick. Who are we looking at? Right now? Steve Fernandez. Oh shit! How you been? Good to yeah, see you, I didn't recognize you with the thing. <laughs> These things are like fucking big aviator glasses for girls, aren't they? Like what? they're really deceptive. Like you could have a smoke show looking girl with some crazy looking eyes and all of a sudden you pull her gear off. And well, she's not, now it's her. like, how do you actually smile? You smile uh, through your eyes now. Are we ready to do a shot here? Apparently. Uh, gentlemen, really salute. Cheers, Cheers, definitely. Oh. Mm. That's good. Oh. oh, that's so good. What'd you do there? We heard you guys like rum, that's all we know. Oh my god. That's got everything going on right now. Well, here you guys doing the podcast. Oh, thank thanks, you. man. Yeah. That thump you just heard, that was my pen S hitting the bottom of the table. <laughs> that was fantastic. Now on 1210 the man. Romberg's <laughs> pen S hits yeah. the bottom of the table. Oh, I, I'm going to use that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our 1210 the man promo on like every episode. And you're still waiting for 1210 the man yeah. money, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I am. Everyone I am. at this table, I think, is still waiting for 1210 the man money. I have no problem saying that. Yeah. So my first – so obviously Joaquin is, aside from all the knocks that I keep giving him, um, he's got to be by far one of my best friends I've ever had in my life. And you call the guy, he's there. You need something, he's there. There's been people that have actually – reached out to him and asked to borrow money and he's given more than they've asked with not a question in the ass and like just take it i'm not looking for you to pay me back you're hard up i'm doing okay congratulations you know what i mean that and that's the type of person he is like for instance when i almost killed a girl on spring break in key west he paid for my fucking scooter and uh yeah you know it's just she went to Syracuse, though, so it is what it is. Oh, I mean, that's um, fine. Yeah, no, we, uh, that's, that's a whole other fucking banger. We used to do Key West every spring break, and we go down there. We all get scoots. Obviously, I'm Canadian. I don't have a goddamn American credit card. So Joaquin puts the scooters on, on his card. You can't give a degenerate Canadian kid who's wasted all the time a scooter, um, which we did. And I'm trying to jump curbs with girls on the back. Perfect. Going 40 miles an hour and uh, just doesn't work out too well. So I had this cute little Syracuse girl who, uh, blonde, short skirt, tube top. We just, ironically, there was like four or five of us and we all picked up. All five. Like, it's very rare that you're going to get. Lyman? Yes. So we're all mutants. We're fat slobs. And, you no, know, I mean, come on. We, the line has changed. We're obviously throwing the, the liners that were football players out there. And ironically, we meet a group of. Uh, Syracuse girls and show snuff. Awesome. Everything goes well, but we decide because one of the guys wants to take a moonlit ride along the ocean. Oh, that's cute. And I decide to start jumping that? curbs. Come on. Who's... He was like, he was five years older than us. Oh, 
and uh, moonlit ride. Huh? It was a moonlit ride along the beach, in and it's West. Yeah, and I just tried to jump the curb with her on the back, and it just didn't work out too well. So, needless to say, ambulances showing up and everything like really bad. Like we ended up that night, we were in the hospital the whole night. And oh, uh, college is fun. Yeah, it was a great time. You know, I, I hope she's good though. <laughs> Oh man, I do you remember her name? Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. I never do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> no, I'm yes, just, I'm being an asshole. Oh man, look at this. I got angel because all the Belen guys just brought Brett and Red a fucking shot and bring me oh, shit. Oh, so, got a cute little man. Oh yeah, I know it's cute. We got a cute little men man for book. others. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's a whole thing with them. It's cool. Detestaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> All I know is that Joaquin went to Columbus. Joaquin lent me money for school. That's well, good. Stuff. Joaquin, oh, yeah, Joaquin yeah. is a great dude, man. Like he, and then it's not even just him. Like it's very rare that you're going to have a person that's independently a very good person. His family, his his parents, his mother. They would literally bring us all in and cook for us, and 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 I wasn't, and that, like that was another thing that my my. Well, it's like a very Hispanic thing. Though. Well, I didn't realize that yeah, either. You know what Hispanic. I mean? Like my my wife obviously is Cuban, and her family would get well, literally. That means you're now part of the. Club. No, it's fucking brutal, man. And <laughs> and, uh, and, and on Sundays it was almost a slap in the face if I didn't show up for for lunch. Oh yeah. But I didn't realize this because I'm thinking, look. This girl's family feels like I'm mooching off them. And it's not that at all. It's just, it has nothing to do with that. And I literally was very uncomfortable with going there and jumping in their pool and eating their food Mm. and, you know, playing around with their daughter. They get more offended if you don't want to do that. They were fucking livid to the point where they would set me places at the dinner table. And if I'm not showing up, it was like my wife was calling. My girlfriend at the time was calling me saying, what the hell is your, what are you doing? What's your problem? Yeah. Like, what is your deal, man? You're weird. And I'm like, I know. No, I'm Canadian. Canadian. I'm Canadian. (laughs) That's not weird. I'm just Canadian. I'm two countries removed from you, motherfucker. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) You're coven. Calm down. You're not even American. Calm down. So, So, yeah. What was uh, last year at UM? What year was that? Uh oh, the the Fiesta Bowl, the O two game against Ohio State, and then I I tried to finish my masters that spring, but it didn't go too well. I just I just I fucked off. I was with I was with Jeremy Shockey and the Maloof brothers that oh, whole spring. Oh man, Jeremy you know. Shockey, what a good yeah, tight end. Was, he moved in after his his first year in the NFL with the Giants when he just took the world by storm. He came back and Dorsey went and lived with his girl, and Shock moved into Dorsey's room. And me and Shockey in a house is not a good, not a good idea. I couldn't imagine that being a good. Uh, it wasn't productive. It wasn't productive. Yeah, I, I could imagine I, that. Yeah, I, it didn't go well between the the Maloofs inside stuff bus pulling up to the front of our house to whatever was going on was it just like the Hummers and Escalades and all these other stuff that was in the front yard. Very Miami. Yeah. Well, the fact that my brother didn't even have a license. <laughs> was was even more impressive. And then we're going to the Atlantis every other weekend and spending the weekends in the Atlantis and Man, this sounds great. No, it was uh it was uh, it was an eventful. My brother used to go to the Atlantis with like EJ, Bubba, Shockey, Bubba Franks? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What he used a, to, he used, that was my time. brother's weekends. He would work at like a, a a fish aquarium import guys warehouse by the airport during the week. And uh and literally go to the Atlantis on the weekends and, you know, go to a suite and, and, and enjoy life a lot better than I was enjoying it. So 
Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible times, man. It really it was. We won't talk awesome. about the Fiesta Bowl, but um, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, I still haven't. I literally haven't seen the game. So I I did a thing for oh, ESPN wow. where they replayed it this year, and we did like a commentating thing. Um, thank God we, we we yeah we uh, we actually did the taping obviously a lot prior to it, so we didn't have to watch the game. So, and me not being uh, a vain human being, well, I guess you could say I am, but. For the most part, I don't think I'm that vain. I'm not going to sit there and watch myself play football. Yeah. Well, I used to watch it for work to like analyze and, yeah, and you critique. Watch film. And to, yeah, exactly. To, right. to basically do my job. But after that, I've never seen any of my games like watching leisurely ever. I'm just I'm not that guy. I can't do. You that. Ever, did you ever listen to any of the times you were on radio? Nope. Yeah, that was another either. thing. They would tell me, "Hey, go home and critique and listen to yourself." The oh. pros do that. And I'm like, well, the pros are fucking weird because I can't sit there and listen to myself right? talk. I can't, I can't do that. I can't listen to myself talk either. I can't do that. Man. Sounds weird. Yeah, I'm I don't not, like I'm not the sound of my own voice. It sounds like I'm, I don't want to hear myself talk. Yeah. I feel like I'm a pederast. I'm not, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, so, I mean, can you imagine, like, you're sitting in your car and you're listening to your own fucking podcast. And all of a sudden somebody knocks on your window and you roll the window down. And it's like, you're in here sitting there listening to yourself talk. Yeah. 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 Ah, it sounds, that's weird. It's weird. I don't want any part of that. I'd rather get caught assaulting myself in a parking lot. That, would, listening that would also be weird, but more acceptable. You can go to jail for that. That's, that's, <laughs> you can do time for that, brother. That's going to cost you. <laughs> that's going to cost you. So after the Fiesta Bowl. Uh... Went to Vegas and uh, saw Maurice Claret getting paid a fuck ton of money by some Ohio State Buckeye family to come weird. and hang out. Yeah, it was yeah. awkward how that works out. But yeah. Yeah. And then uh, went home and then just. He had a great career in the NFL. Yeah, it was phenomenal, right? They got arrested for, like, driving down the road with a bunch of guns in his car. Yep. Master P was his agent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I will still to this day never say that we lost that game. Oh, uh, Terry Port. Terry, that motherfucker lives, like, blocks away from the university. Blocks away from the university. From- How is that possible? It just doesn't make any sense. I still, and it still bothers me. It, I, like, <sighs> oh, Terry. <sighs> Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, so yeah. So you went. So you went undrafted. Yeah, man, I did like the whole All American thing and the Remington Award thing, and they kind of deemed me a really good college center, but not really physically able to play in the NFL. Why? Size, size, and arm length. They really knocked my fucking arm length. Damn. I didn't even realize I had short arms until, until. I feel a lot of NFL centers are pretty compact. Yeah, especially the good ones now. Obviously, yeah. I missed my I missed my time, so I, I was either. Too late for the Stepnowski slash smaller centers that were light, that like to pull. Um, and I was too early for the Kelseys of the world, the Philadelphia Eagles center and, you know, some of the really good. I was I came out like right around the time that like, you know, that polar Barrett Robbins guy, the guy that's bipolar that missed the Super Bowl. Like I just was after that guy where you, they thought you had to be 300 plus to road grade people. The yeah. whole pulling concept of centers really wasn't. Mike well, Webster think, and all those guys, like Andre Dawson and those guys, I, I just I but also it. the the game since that year has changed a lot. Totally. I mean, now mobile it's, quarterbacks, it's, it's mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. It's all about throwing the football. Totally. I mean, we're how many like ground and pound teams are there? It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist. Like anymore. even the Cowboys tried to hang on, you know, and you could see that's that's obviously changing now with their quarterback choice with Dak Prescott and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, but Dak, Dak still sits in the pocket much more than yeah. like. A Kyler Murray does totally. I mean, you know, like he even even our own guy here in our own backyard too. Like I think, 
I think Tua is going to try to establish himself as uh, a pocket passer, and he's going to try to make that point. You're going to trigger me with the Dolphins. I'm very triggered. I'm you, a big, you're, are you a big Dolphins fan? Oh, like as – I mean, more so than a Canes fan. Really? And I, yeah. And I'm so a you're huge, hardcore. Hardcore. And I'm a huge Canes fan, but just like the, the Dolphins – they, I've just been beaten and bruised for the last twenty years, so I'm still having a hard time believing. But it's, it's been rough. It's been it's been very rough. Needless to say, it's been it's been very very rough. And then, I, I and then here's the thing that people don't understand. So I've been doing a lot of sports radio over the last so many years, and people can't fathom the fact that I don't watch sports. Like I don't I don't. They don't understand. Like my, even my mother is like she used to call me and be like, "Oh, did you watch the Colts play? Did you watch this game? Did you watch that?" And I'm just like, "Fuck no, mom." It's like you work at a casino. Do you go home and watch the poker tournament? No. Like I just, it's like you going home and watching fucking cooking shows. Absolutely not. And it's also like me going home and cooking. That's also not happening. You don't. You don't cook at home. Absolutely not. I also have a fucking closet as a kitchen. That no, I don't. I do not cook at home. Really? Absolutely not. So that whole thing of like, oh, my boyfriend's a chef. He comes home and makes me the fucking best thing in the world. Does that happen? Or in order to get, in order to get up in them drawers, you got to go ahead and cook something in the beginning. Yeah, like you know, my, listen, my fiance is vegetarian. So how does that? And you're serving venison. Oh, I serve a lot of big meats. So it was, <laughs> no pun intended. Hey. There we go. Slide that one in. <laughs> Unedited. So that was like a. a uh, it was a lot. It was but do you have to learn like a really eclectic way to go ahead and make a bunch of different vegetarian dishes too? Like you have vegetarian dishes on your menu? You, you got to have we, one, right? We, we do, but this restaurant that you just dined at is very seasonal based. Got so it. when you must be loving the fall then. The so fall when winters. this starts happening now, we start to see more vegetables, and then we'll be able to put vegetable dishes. It's like I told you when you were sitting at the bar. Like we don't do things typically just because. People usually do these things like, you know, the fucking everyone does the grilled carrots with a hummus right. thing. And it's like if carrots are out of season, we're not going to do them. just because everyone has a tomato salad. If tomatoes aren't in season, we're not going to do. Them. Right. So, yes, we will. When come like December, January, our menu will be 40 percent vegetables because that's who I am. That's what we do. But if it's fucking August. You're not going to get that from me. Just, People don't get that. They don't. They don't understand the cyclical thing about the grocery store either. Where, why are oranges on sale now? Well, motherfucker, because like you have a plethora of them and they're like in abundance right now. Why are they not on sale during the winter time? Well, I don't know, dude. Because there's none available. They, right. they don't. They don't get that. And you know who really learned made me learn to appreciate. So I come from a very fruitful, farm friendly area in southern Ontario where we're known for our growing of plenty of food items. Like our soil is enriched. It's really, really good. Um, that's why we got Green Giant and Heinz and all these other different places. Every backyard has tomatoes and and, and squash and, and cucumber and r- rhubarb and all that. Other. Everybody everybody makes their own shit basically. So I'm very I'm very wise to fresh food. And a friend of mine over in Miami Shores, the proper sausage guy, who ah, grew up Freddie, yeah, Freddie. So Freddie basically opened my eyes to like heritage and. Yeah. Like turkeys that have been the same fucking turkey gene that has been passed down for hundreds of years that you're going to get. Freddie knows his deal. And there's like a certain. And and what blew me away was he invited me over to his house years ago in Miami Shores for a chef's afternoon dinner. So it was like the one guy that ran uh, the O, the one guy that ran the Boca Beach Resort, and a couple different chefs that were making just incredible amounts of food. Some in the oven, some on grills, some in smokers, and it it blew my mind. I didn't even know there was that many colored tomatoes, to be honest. I thought tomatoes were red. 
I didn't realize that there's all oh, different sure. kinds of tomatoes, man. Just like, like carrots. Carrots are not orange. They don't. They don't. People don't understand that though. No, carrots are not orange. They don't get carrots it. Carrots are 14 different colors. It's, a, it's amazing. We made them orange. <laughs> we did. Like human beings made them orange, so we could have a consistent product. We made all the carrots orange. Are you one of those guys that you get into the whole drug drug induced food line kind of thing, mass production as opposed to yes farm no. to table kind of thing? Yes and no. Like I <clears throat> work primarily with four different farms that are in South Florida. Okay. So there's some stuff that we can't help. Like you got to get onions, you have to get onions right. to make mirepoix. You have to get celery. But if I'm going to do like we did a celery Caesar salad uh, last season. With the, the flour that's on the top of the, the, no, end we, of the stock we, or what, we, do you, we what took, do you use? We took actual celery that was from um, shit, uh, Bee Heaven Farms. And it's just when you have that, you understand what it's supposed to taste like. Got it. Right, and then when you have the shit that's in the store, and then you don't understand what it's supposed, to, then it's like, well, this just tastes like water. Right. Well, that's because that's trash. When you have this, you're like, wow, why is this so delicious? Because this is what it's supposed to taste it's supposed like. To taste, yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of that. I'm never gonna take a commodity product and put it in a celery salad because it's not gonna make any sense. But I'm gonna take that beautiful celery from Bee Heaven, and we're gonna make a celery Caesar salad with smoked oyster Caesar and anchovy croutons and like all these kind of things next level shit but a lot of people especially in miami they'll be like well i want a tomato salad i'm like well motherfucker it's august (laughs) there are no tomatoes i don't know what else to tell you there's no tomatoes around so i can't make you a fucking i want a tomato on my burger first of all you're not going to get my burger and put a tomato on it that's one and two there are no tomatoes you know what blows my mind too is um I can't do tomatoes. I can't have to. Even if I sm- if you open a can of tomatoes and I smell it, I might vomit. I can't do Caesars, which you guys call. What the fuck do you guys call Caesars now? Um, v, v, not V8, but like what, the drink where you put like the fucking chicken wings. And oh, the pickles Bloody Mary. And Bloody Marys, you guys yeah. call them. In Canada, we call them Caesars. And uh, I can't do those. Um, so I'm like very, very sensitive to tomatoes. But the minute I got to the United States... And I started having tomatoes. They have no flavor for the most part. The ones that you would buy in the store. So I'm just right. like, I can fucking do these. These are no problem. I'll have a, a nice buffalo mozzarella salad with with you know, the, the the drizzle of the, oh, the, the, the glaze on top. Reduction oh yeah, from Roland. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had a guy in St. Louis that would actually he bugged. Here's another thing that was incredible. This guy, there's an Italian restaurant in St. Louis, Missouri. That he literally begged this family in Italy for eight years to get their balsamic glaze, and they finally allowed him to purchase it and bring it over to the United States. And he would send me a case of that shit every, you know, every year and a half, two years, and it's just, oh, it's incredible. See, but that's fine if it's like good. But I'm so tired. I'm tired about so many things. But I'm so tired. You seem like an honorary fucker, though. I'm no, not gonna lie to you. I told Red, I was like. You could tell that you're an asshole, but like you're a, yeah. a good asshole. Though. I like you know, that. You're That's the good. asshole. You're the asshole that needs to be in today's society. No That's, one's ever made Mike look this happy on this podcast. That's probably f- well factual. because I, th- I think real recognizes real, and I, I think people would categorize me as an asshole to be honest with you. But they just, I'm not out to hurt your feelings. I'm just out to help to fucking tell you the way that it is, man. Like not everybody gets a trophy. You know what I mean? And, not and everyone gets a trophy. If you suck, you suck. It is what it is, man. You know, the, pick up th- something else. For so long, I'm fortunate that I've been in the game here for a long time and I've seen the evolution of the entire city and kind of like where we're going and all that. But at the same time, someone needs to keep people coming correct. Like 
we as a community, we can't like be okay with mediocrity, right? And a lot, so much of this goes back to when I played football because well, isn't it amazing how much life oh, is a so metaphor for much football? of life goes back to playing football, regardless of what you get into. It doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter. It like applies there's always that coach. I in the sky never lies. Motherfucker, shut up! <laughs> God damn it! But it's the same thing with life, right? It is. It's like someone has to hold people accountable. Totally. When you hold people accountable, people don't like it. No, of course not. They just don't like it. They don't like to be called out. They don't like to be called fake. They don't like to... all that shit. And I'm very like I'm very connected to my city. I love this city. I love this city very much. I love the progress that we've made as a community, but also I have no problem calling out people who talk shit on my city and then want to come back. That's a whole other podcast. That Sounds we, like you got some deep seated, you got some names on the back of that one. I do. And they're all on Twitter, but, um, <laughs> but also like it's, it, there's, there's so many people doing great things, right? Yep. And then e- this is why we started this podcast. There's other reasons why we started, but the reason why I started this podcast was very rarely are people talking about the important people in the community that should, there should be a gigantic light Mm -hmm. shine on them, right? I agree. But instead, it's the big names and the shit that doesn't matter and the shit that's like, um, has no, there's no foundation to it, but it's a fancy name, so it, it, it gets clicks and there's headlines for it and it's fucking trash usually. Uh Um, so that's kind of why we started doing this. So ornery is a good word. Factual is also a good word, but just holding people accountable is also a good way to put I it. I like the, well, because if you think about it, how many times has people gone to a restaurant that they've been hearing since forever in a day that is just the best thing since sliced fucking bread and they show up and they eat and they're just like trash. Mm, yeah. It wasn't worth all the hype. It but happens it's, all the time. But it's also, listen, it also happens to me, right? People come here and they're just like, the music was too loud. I got that today. The music is bad and it's too loud. Well, fucking go somewhere else. I Like, I pick every song that we play here and I play. You do I a play, playlist? Oh, 100%. And we play it at a volume. That's a whole that other I, rabbit that's, hole. Right? That's a whole other rabbit hole. And and we Is play that it. for you to like walk around to keep your eye on shit? Or is that like if you're grinding in the kitchen and you're back there grinding and doing no, your thing? No, because conceptually, the restaurant as a whole, I wanted to carry the feeling like you're hanging out with me in my house. So well, the music. fucking place. Goddamn right I, you should. I know, but some people want, I don't know, they want violins and cellos and shit, which I like, but that's not what we're about here. So, so often we get all that. There was somebody on Yelp. Right? Didn't you call the Yelp review that we haven't read yet that called me Exhibit and was angry at how I was uh, treating my line cooks? Oh, yeah. Exhibit because of your, your braids. Because I had braids. I had cornrows in You did day. the rows? Always. Once, like, once every two months. No shit. Yes, absolutely. Good for it's you. From... You're keeping that thing real then. <laughs> Golly, that's impressive. You, you it's gotta, from back in the D-line days. Like, you, you know, like... I was the only short exhibit. They, call, they actually called guy. you Exhibit? Well, they I'm, did call I'm, me Exhibit I'm pull on the up, Yelp review. I'm going to pull up this review. You, are? you know what I'm ready with. Okay, good. Um, but, again, we have people in the kitchen that are trying to learn how to cook. Uh-huh. There's only one way I know how to operate, which is to hold people accountable. It's the same thing as when I played ball. I had older people that held me accountable yeah. at all times. And then when I became that older person, I had to hold people accountable too. And they didn't do it by saying, listen, you should do a good job. They didn't do that. 
They didn't do it. They, they weren't like, listen, next time, could you make sure that you are in the proper gap? Yeah, I'm not rubbing anybody's back. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> no, no, that's just no, not no, how it no, is. No, no, no. So that whole, like, the football mentality definitely carried over to the kitchen. Cool. Let, me know when you, when, let me know when you want to hear No, that. I want to hear the review. Right, so so we, ha- we we may still do this, but we, we've been wanting to hire actors to read Ariette's one-star Yelp reviews. Yeah, like do, like, that. dramatic readings of these reviews. I also don't read our reviews. But this I is don't. by far my favorite one. I'm going to hear it. Uh, this is by Verkova G. <laughs> and this was six months ago. Uh, so in the middle of COVID, but in reference to just before when COVID. When the shit was hitting the fan, yeah. Yeah, okay. Give me your one-star review when there's a worldwide no, pandemic. But, but Thanks. It, it, it was yeah. about an Thanks experience she had before the pandemic. Okay. Uh, and this is why she waited all this time. My daughter set up my Yelp account on my new laptop. Now I am able to describe this place as horrendous. Mm. <laughs> I do not enjoy dining while I hear someone humiliating the workers that were doing quite well. The owner should be embarrassed with their tail between their legs. Mm. This review is not from a recent visit due to COVID-19 stopping everything, so I cannot recall the date. I use a hearing device and paid some attention to what I thought I heard the kitchen staff say. The lunatic standing in front of the kitchen did poor in social skills and being a respectable employee. This not respectable employee, for those who can't see Mike raising his hand, is Mike. If I was in charge, he would be gone. (laughs) My daughter referred to him as a rapper named Exhibit. I don't know what that means, though everyone seemed to laugh. Likely not something good. We work very hard for our money, so I cannot ever spend one cent here from the lack of respect I saw in that business. I almost even forgot I was going to do this. My loving daughter helped me remember why I was so adamant about setting up my new laptop. I do know... That is a recipe for a disastrous future. Since the restaurant is about being unique with their plates, try adding respect. I don't know. <laughs> for a long time, I tried to like this place. Many of my longtime friends have invited me. Each time, I regretfully wished I never stepped foot inside. The food might be good. The drinks. Then how the fuck are you going to turn around and say, hey, that let you him finish. It? Come on. The, the food might be good. The drinks might be good. But as I learned back then when I was younger, a cake can have great icing and look oh so good. What good is great icing if the cake is garbage? I do not wish to be solicited to revisit this place again. One star. Fuck that. I would give them credit for actually putting lots of context before yeah, it was uh, good. in a one star review. It was and nice. I I I can't disagree with them. I am a fucking savage sometimes. Good. <laughs> and I don't like the, I don't like the the analogy of the you know the cake. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that at all because it seems like it's more of. It seems like the cake was really fucking good, along with the, the icing. Was good. The I think cake the cake was and good. the icing the was good. good. Things were good. The plate that it was served on. I think the plate might have been. So, somebody just wrote "fuck you" and in, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, icing on top of the yeah. cake. And you know, I've calmed down a lot. Were you like a savage Tasmanian devil? No, I I learned from a lot of savages. Uh, a lot well, of has, not, has people not seen Ramsey? Like, yeah, Chef but that Ramsey? guy's a fucking jerk-off. You don't like him? Nah, he's a fucking jerk-off. There's nothing realistic about, about the that How about that Netflix special that he's got going on? Is like top 100 of whatever, whatever. I used I to watch that shit all the time. I don't watch Gordon Ramsay at all. He just salt and pepper is everything. Just salt and pepper and fucking... No, nah, but you it. shouldn't even add pepper to things. Depends, right? And then the size pepper of the grain like, when you're grinding, whole, too. This is a whole conversation. This is We don't have enough time in the podcast to talk about why I don't put pepper on things. What about actual ahi? 
red and green pepper. Yeah, that's fine. What I'm talking about is like people are like, you need to salt and pepper everything. No, you don't need to salt and pepper everything. You just don't because pepper changes the flavor of things. Totally. Salt enhances the flavor. Yep. But a lot of assholes that don't know what the fuck they're doing, they're just like, let's make a salt and pepper mix. No, bro. That's what, not how it works. What about a, a truffle salt? Are you into truffles or is truffles Stop over? Stop it. I liked you so much. You're Those not a truffle guy so either. Good. You're not a truffle no, guy I either. I am. Fresh truffles are fine. Again, back to the fresh ingredients. Yeah, Farm fresh the truffles table. are fine. But when you're like... Let's... You're not into the Badia produced, you know, no, seven ninety nine at Publix truffle we make, salts. We make... No, I'm not. We, we make our own... Uh, Sasson for chugs. We make our own things. Uh, cool. No to Badia. We will still take your money if you'd like to advertise on <laughs> If Banco you'd like Podcast. to advertise on Regardless Banco, if you've been Banco dragged Banco through the mud Banco. over the last couple yeah. fucking days. Relax. It's no, Badia is fine. They're fine. Uh, even Goya well, is fine. Sasson Completa, like, isn't that like the staple for just about every Cuban cupboard in South Florida? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's good. I'm not saying that, but isn't right. like every green top? You, you open anybody's cupboard in South Florida here, they got to have a green top on something. Yeah, right? which is, yeah. Factual. Like picadillo. Right. Staple, right? Sazon completas. You got to put it in there. What about, do you, do you ever use that provincial spice? Uh, La Provenciale, uh, French spice that's... Uh, I, I don't. Never? <laughs> I don't. What about Montreal steak spice? I do, but I but not here. Like when I you're at the crib not... throwing it on a burger or a piece of steak in your Right, for, all, for my vegetarian fiancé. Oh, she puts it on her veggies. No, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. What I'm saying is <laughs> in, in certain, like, certain settings, they're fine. But here, we'll make our own spice blends for things. Are you a rub guy or are you a, I'm a rub marinade guy. guy? I'm a rub guy. I'm a brine guy. I'm oh, a you smoke like the brine. Guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like our short rib, it, the nine-day process, it's... What, br- what do you advise? So, for instance, is this going to be edited prior to Thanksgiving? Uh, like, yeah, this week. Cool. Yeah. So, say, for instance, because, again, I'm going back to my guy proper with his fucking turkeys, and he's a huge turkey guy. Instructed to do the brine thing, and I've never hundred percent. I've never brined my turkey before. He's absolutely factual. Sit it in a bucket for a day. You're ready to rock and roll. Depends how many pounds it is, but yeah, a day, a day to and it's like hours. fresh herbs, kosher salt, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you right? know, like just Google a brine. Yep. Find a brine that you like. The things that it sounds like shit that you like, and then you brine that turkey for a day and a half. Are you a stuffing in or out of the bird? Out, because in it doesn't make any fucking sense. Really? Yeah, no no sense. That's all like myth. In the cavity. You don't, you yeah, don't, you don't pack it's it fucking, in there. It's a fucking myth. Just put that shit in a pan and bake that shit. Really? Yeah. How, um, my mom used to tell me all the time because I'm a big stuffing guy. I love my stuffing. And uh, Cornbread like, stuffing is my jam. I've never had it. Cornbread stuffing. Do you, cornbread have, a, do you have a recipe before I leave I can tonight? make it happen. You Pretty simple. You put jalapenos in that thing too? Or? No, I mean cornbread, the way I've done cornbread. I was going to be a total gringo and ask you about the, what the fuck is pan con... Podcast, podcast me? And I was well, going like, to be the asshole to go PanCon. You know what I mean? Pan-con. You guys have been like... Panko. Oh, we've gotten Panko. Oh, we've here. gotten Panko and Pumpkin You're Podcast. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Panko. Nobody understands it's Pan. Pan. Right. You know how the Cubbins, that's how they pronounce my name, right? That's how I used to tell them to pronounce my name. Like, for instance, Bisa Abuela. Bisa used to be like, Huh? Como se llama? Huh? And I'm like, <laughs> Pan con te. Pan con te. Bre. 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 See, ah, okay, yeah. now I get it. That's, I like how, that's that. how she figured it out. Pan that's good. That's pretty pong good. Pan bread. Yeah. Because you know, she, everybody, Spanish or English, whatever, you know what fucking pong is. Yeah. So, yeah. Pan con te. That, that's I good. I simplified it for her. You know what I mean? Well, the, the name stands for pan con lechon, but we of replaced course. the lechon with yeah. podcast. So it's a podcast sandwich. So I got what, a, what was, got you into the fucking cook? Was it like grandma? Was it mom? Yeah, like, so what was my, your deal? So the the restaurant is actually named after a restaurant my grandparents worked at in Pinar del Rio in Cuba. 
Oh, so, so they're 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 fobs then. Then they're fresh off the boat then from Cuba. Oh yeah, and the pictures that are in there of like there's actually ones of my grandfather and his bakery in Cuba. That's badass. That's cool. What part of Pina del Rio? What, what part? You know? Like he says, Epinamimo. That's what he says. That's <laughs> why does nobody from Cuba ever divulge the exact kind of spot where they're at? Because they, they're, they're, they're still worried. They're still worried about that yeah, the fucking. They're still worried. Bro, it's been 60 years. They're still the concerned. that are in the little. Yeah, the snitches, I'm telling you, snitches man. Snitches need to get stitches. That's how it yes. works. Yes. Yeah. But I, I find that like, especially if you go to like BTs or, or if you go to like uh, Bobby's Tacos, Bobby's yeah, Tacos, or Bravo Tango, or if you go Bravo to, Tango, like, uh, Bobby's Tacos. Thank what's, you. What's the really badass one up north? Uh, Rachel. Miami Gardens. No, the Miami Gardens. Tootsie's. One. Yeah, Toots. Nah, you Tootsie's always, sucks. Hey, where are you from? Scarlet's is the no, move. No, no, cool. I see. I know, but what part? No, no, la pla- oh, Okay, I'm not even gonna ask anymore. Yeah, you're never gonna tell me because you're you're embarrassed and you don't want your family to find out. I get it. I understand. You so don't my story. my grandparents, they're the cooks. Because my mom, which mom, I love you dearly, and you never listen to this, but just in case, you're a wonderful human being. She can't cook. My aunt can't cook. My sister, she definitely That's can't cook. That's like my house. And then I watched them do all these like marvelous things, and I was like, I want to fucking learn how to do this stuff. And then I went to college, which I was a dreadful college student. Just dreadful. Didn't work out. No, it didn't. Uh, a lot of how you talked about trying to get the master's part, that was uh, all four years for me. Oh, that was the, the undergrad situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I started working in a restaurant when I was, I don't know, uh, 19, 18 years old, a chain restaurant. And I was like, this is so much fun. You just drink all the time, right? That is a lifestyle that people don't understand either. Broads everywhere. Yeah. This is so much fun. Yeah. We just drink till late hours of the time, and then we have to show up and practice at 10 a.m. That's all that I cared about. And then I was like, I want to make this a career because this is going to be fun forever. Little did I know, that's not how it works out. This, you know, then you become like very obsessed with doing shit very well. And then, you know, the whole football player mentality takes over. You want to be one of the best. You want to be. You want and to I, I didn't, I didn't want to turn this into like me interviewing you, but I'm super. I know, but this is good. I like I'm, this. I'm super intrigued in because I'm a, I'm a huge, like I told you before, I, I fucking love food. I love cooking. I'm a junkie. I'm like literally at my house. I'm making, I make every meal. I make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I do yeah. it from multiple different orders. I feel like my house is a fucking a, a diner. Between La Suegra, between Tia, Madrina coming over and visiting, people like this, people like that. How and big I'm, is your kitchen, though? It's, it's good. All right. That's it's a good. big kitchen. Yeah, it needs I got to be the big old 48 Viking, you know, with all kinds oh, of shit. Yeah? yeah. Oh, that is a nice fucking Yeah. That's a nice I got rig. that thing going on. Um, and I'm a marinator, too. Uh, I'm a rub guy as well. I make my own rubs, too. Are you a smoking guy? I've never smoked ever in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I think smoking is, is meat. That it's is, it's a move. Yeah, yeah. smoking meats. Pole, are like, you know, uh, that's our, our. I like short, girls. Our short rib is, you know, it's. I don't I like, like short rib, so I wanted to do a dish that I felt. Is like, it braised or is it? It's a combo of both of being smoked and being braised. Got it. So I wanted to do a dish that was something that I could like hang my hat on because I fucking hate short rib. It's always the same shit, right? Braised short rib, some mushy shit underneath yeah. it, some big sauce yeah. on top. Yeah, yeah. And it's a fucking Some puree, thing. and then you put some veg yeah, on it. Yeah, and it's fucking a bunch of the same shit yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So, like, how can we make that different? We made that different, and it's a nine-day process. That's the only, like, thing. People but, don't understand how labor-intensive cooking is and how much goes into it, and then all of a sudden they sit there and burp and fart, and it's over within 15, 20 minutes. I know, but I think it's changed. I there's, think there's, it, there's a high, and I think now more than ever because yeah. of, the appreciation of being at home and cooking at home and not just getting out 
sucks obviously for the restaurant industry, but right. I think people are learning the value of of being able to prepare something at home. To be but I, I also think the as much as I cannot stand food television, it's given people kind of like an insight of like, wow, this shit is actually pretty fucking tough. Like this shit's not easy. It's kind of like those big time fans of football, of like when they watch. NFL Network, and you have those like dorky NFL shows that really break it down for them. Is like, well, you know, it's cover three. I'm like, what the fuck is cover three? <laughs> like, yeah, they got to dumb it down. Like, it's like, oh, they did a stunt on this play, and what then they and then they dropped a D lineman back into coverage. You're like, what does that mean? So it it just opens their eyes to like so much more. You know. So in, in your relationship with your girl, did she cook at all? Or are you just like looked upon to make sure that you're doing? No, everything? she cooks. Yeah, she, she cooks. cooks. Well, cause I was, I'm the only reason why I'm asking is because, uh, my wife decided that, uh, the other day that she was going to cook, she was going to have dinner. Oh. And that's because I, I basically said, I'm fucking tired. I've made 435 meals so far this week. And I'm not, I'm not making another one. It was, I think it was Saturday night. So she goes, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cook. And I said, fuck. Okay. I'm like, that is sweet. And then I proceeded to watch her go in the fridge and look to find out if there was any leftovers that I already made throughout oh, the, the week. And uh, needless to say, there was nothing. She wanted to grab the Alfredo that I made for the kids. And every moron knows that you can't have Alfredo the next day because of the sauce, the way that it fucking clumps up and that whole thing. So she's like trying to pull the Alfredo. I was like, it's, that's not going to work out. It's not going to happen. She's like, what do you mean? I said, the Alfredo is not going to be good. Like if you want to give the pasta you know, to the kids or something like that, she's like, you can do that? I said, yeah, yeah, I think you can. And then, uh, and, then I, and then I said, so you're cooking? And she goes, yeah. I said, okay. And I waited, you know, had a couple more drinks. And then out came the block of cheddar cheese. And then fucking out comes the, the, the crackers. And she knows I love charcuterie. And uh, this is nice just, charcuterie. Yeah, right but, but just minus the meat and anything eclectic and accoutrement. There's nothing. It was just. No jam? I, I, th- I thought she was going to hit the fucking mustard up and. I have like no jam. No, I I have everything in the fridge on the door, but I don't. I'm so she doesn't know. She doesn't know. I'm intrigued. She doesn't know. Like she doesn't know the different mustards. She doesn't know the seeds. She doesn't know the jellies. She doesn't know the the pastes. She doesn't know. She's just not a. She's not a cook, brother. I even had I even had an assortment of different salamis, peppered and everything in the drawer, and it was just no fucking lie to you. A block of cheese and crackers, like. Not even unra- unraveling, just and like spreading them out, making them look nice. It was there's the sleeve of crackers, Ritz crackers, and there and you could open your own fucking block of cheddar. Were they Ritz work. crackers? Yes, at least? they were. Oh, yes, they I'm were. Not a, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against Ritz crackers. Vegetable flavor ones, which is a little bit better. So. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. So that, that's that's what I'm dealing with. Cuban, by the way. But skip the generation, it, it, obviously. It, I feel like there's so many people of my generation that don't know how to cook our food. At all, like zero understanding. I saw you had the arroz imperial. Oh, we do, but I, it's, I it's saw my that version. At the top of the menu, it's my and I was version like, of it. Though. I wanted to get it. And I was just no, like, I don't know if I can handle that. Just right so now. you, so you understand, it's my version of arroz, which it's like very not what people would expect. So, so many people have been like, "Well, this isn't," you know, like yeah, because I'm not slapping fucking mayonnaise and fucking cheese on top of something Throwing and a couple baking of it. Slices of cheese on the top, right? That's not happening here. Like we do an espuma, <laughs> and it's like a rice. And you a do thing. espumita on it as well. Well, we do an espuma here. It's like manchego, red pepper espuma on top of uh, black wow. rice, squid ink rice with. Oh, um, you do the squid ink in it then? Yeah, so it's black rice with uh, squid ink or squid inside of it, and then one large prawn on top, and then it's like a small salad of piquillo peppers with chorizo on top of that. 
So it's like a whole, it's like a thing. Incredible, bro. And before that, <laughs> before that, it was, uh, uh, I think it was just like a shellfish. So it was like different types of shellfish. Oh, cool. Almost like a paella kind of thing. And then it was Parmesan espuma on top uh, with one scallop that was seared on top of that. The See, squ- it's The squidding like, sets it off though, right? The whole know, deal that it comes on the plate black, yeah, it's got to be totally I, I different. Like, I like that. That's why I put the squid ink in there. But the idea of this restaurant in particular, of R3, is that we want to change the dynamic of what people consider Cuban food to be. So it's like there's an evolution to everything. Yep. So we want the food to evolve just like we've evolved. Like, totally. I know that my, my grandparents would never eat raw fish, right? Like they don't, they don't do just, the ceviche thing. It's just not a thing for them, right? So people my age, like they evolve with that. Like they like ceviche, they like sushi, they like things like that. So it's part of the evolution. You know, like I'm a 35-year-old Cuban-American, just like so many people that are in my age mm-hmm. range. They like different things. Venison, foie gras with plantain, so on and so forth. So you can't just stay locked in the past have to want to grow totally you know so that's part of what we've done here and it's and it's worked out you know charcuterie is like uh the best way i can explain it to cubans is like you know there's crackers just like you did there's crackers and there's cheese this is the same thing yeah this is the same thing just on steroids yeah pretty much have you ever had uh, have you ever been down to the keys have you ever gone to uh uh what's right next to the marada bay cafe there the one that they filmed the bloodline show on uh, Piers. Uh, no, I haven't. I just had a charcuterie board down there, and it was by far the, the biggest charcuterie board I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah? It had lilies on it. It had fucking orchids. It had oh, no, six, seven different cheeses on it. It had onion bulbs. It had multiple different styles of pickled vegetables. It was humongous. It was why, an entree. Why are I, the orchids? The, you lose me there. You're looking at the ocean. You I know, know, It's I like guess. the hot pink kind of colors, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, the, yeah, the bocambillas, all that other stuff. So, But it was it was an impressive platter. It was an impressive platter. But I never got hooked on those until, uh, I don't know where I was at, that I had my first charcuterie board. It was just, it, it blew me out of the water. I sat, holy smokes. So, so we all know about this whole South Florida, you know, you spend more money on your kid's birthday than you do on a wedding kind of party make situation sense, but yes i uh i've never seen uh a display of cheeses and meats in my life like i saw at this one birthday party that i attended. see you later chef uh, emma i think i'm good for one more round i don't know about these guys one more and then i think uh yeah one more and then another one yeah one more <laughs> um <laughs> But, and but, then Bobby's Tacos yeah, for everyone. And then BTs were going for nightcap. And then, <laughs> for real, like, literally, it was a table. It was two of these tables, Thanks, which, to, to be a little bit more descriptive for everybody out there that's in the audio realm, um, two and a half by four or five. And there was two of these tables side by side with mountains of truffle cheeses, Chagos, uh, Havarti's, you name Like, there was all different kinds of cheeses. You know how much this this whole, and I found out how much it cost to go ahead and put this whole like little board thingy slash, you know, fucking Disney World of of charcuterie. Five hundred bucks. No more. Sixty two hundred dollars. What? Oh, somebody did it for them. 
Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Now but, it makes but sense. It was, now the context. It was like sense. it was level too. Like there was. Oh my god! It was it was one of the most incredible looking things I've ever seen in my life. My wife was like, "Can you fucking leave it alone? Like no. we got to go home. We no, got to go no, home." No. And I Why? said, "No, I'm gonna have a heart attack here. I think I'm gonna just fucking just just eat and then have straight up heart attack right now." Let's talk about things people actually want to listen about. I know. I'm sorry. We're getting very selfish. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting selfish. I've I've kind of detoured this conversation. When you went to the this. NFL, yeah, you played for <laughs> smooth transition. You're such a pro. <laughs> I've been doing this shit for 60 plus episodes. I am good at this. Yeah, you're phenomenal. Smooth transition. <laughs> when uh, when you went to the NFL, what was the biggest change and the thing that you did not expect? That The politics. Hit- oh, man. But isn't that everything, though? Yes. But isn't uh, there politics and fucking everything, though? Yeah, but until, I guess until you're hit with it. I guess until it affects you, you don't see it. Just like everything in life. But um, yeah, the fact that I was undrafted and I and, and I was displaying my abilities, which were a lot better than some of the others that I was around. Yet the others, because of either justified draft picks, because coaches or GMs trying to make sure that they keep their stay job employed, yeah, um, or previous relationships or backscratching that goes on, it became. It became evident to me that the NFL, it's not all about putting the best 11 on the football field. It's about who's getting paid more, why they need to justify that paycheck, why isn't the owner, for instance, who might not know anything about football, why is he coming down and saying, why isn't the guy that we just drafted and paid millions of dollars for, why isn't he on the football field? And regardless of how good they are or not, um, if they're getting paid, they're on the field. And I, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. And then also losing and being okay with it. Coming from oh, Miami, I mean, never losing, and then going to the NFL and then losing a few games and flying home and seeing that there's still a party on the airplane, which blew my fucking mind. Right. I'm sitting in the corner sucking my thumb. I might not even have stepped on the field, but we lost as a team. Right. And I wasn't able to deal with loss. And other guys are fucking yucking it up. Well, when, when, you, played, when you played in Canada, what, the teams that you played on, were they winners? My high school team, yeah. We actually yeah. won. We won the national championship in high school my senior year. And then well, my junior year. And then my senior year, I liked, I elected to play in a men's league that was like a semi-pro league instead right. of playing my senior year of high school. So so you're, you weren't used to losing? No. Yeah. And then all. you went to UM, and those were the years that we didn't lose. True. Yeah. So I showed up after a 5-6 and six season, which was Joaquin's first year. I showed up in the January of that season. And, uh, and that's when we just started winning. And, and just I lost my first and my last game at Miami. We got robbed your last game. Yep. We got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. For I all still, I, the listeners out there in Ohio, you robbed us. Yeah, you go fuck yourself too. And yeah. and then on top of that, I literally when I unpacked boxes of like UM shit and memorabilia and stuff, the helmet that I wore for that game, I still had the confetti in it from when we won the national championship. Oh, crazy! And I and I still had confetti like between the pads of the of the of the helmet inside the helmet from when we won. And I took my helmet off, and they gave me the trophy, and I was holding the trophy in the middle of the field, and. They had to put everybody back on the sideline, and uh, and they weren't able to remove the U on the national championship trophy. So what they had to do is they had to put the O on top of the U, mm-hmm. which was fucking heartbreaking. Um, yeah, that was uh, a lot of people don't know that story either about putting the U on top of the or putting the O on top of the yeah, U. Yeah, because we were robbed. Remove it. We should have won. Yeah. So and we played the worst we've ever played that year too. That was a really bad game on our end, and they obviously played the best they played that season. So yeah, but I mean that's. The, the one thing I do love about football is that 
a bad team can beat a good team yeah. on any, any given, given Sunday, man. On any given There's Sunday. There's a reason why Pacino made a movie about it. I know. Yeah. That's such a good movie, by I the way. I liked it, too, yeah. Yeah. Life is about inches. Uh, I used to listen to that. Unbelievable speech, isn't it? I used to listen to that speech before every game in college. I say that every time I take my gear off and I look at my wife. It's un- it's an unbelievable. <laughs> it's a pep talk for every fucking avenue of life. It really is. It really is a pep talk. You know? <laughs> it's about the one inch. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Always. We could all use another inch or two. When did you play with Richie Incognito? Uh, I got to say. Richie I- played together in St. Louis from like 07, 6, 7, 8. Who was the quarterback? Bulger. Oh. I got there, and and then Steven Jackson and then Bulger ended up going to the Pro Bowl. You want to hear a funny story? That year, Bulger signed uh, – well, I helped get Bulger a $64 million deal, and he handed out Best Buy gift certificates for 300 bucks. Nice. Us. So I fucking ninja started across the locker room and zinged it right off of him. I said, and then on top of that, Mark I fucked, Bulger. I, yeah, I fucked his house up too, really, really bad. So he had a party. <laughs> he had a party, and uh, he bought like the the daughter of. That's why no one invites O Lyman anywhere. No, we're fucking savages, and he, especially the retarded ones from the University of Miami. We got we got problems with ourselves. So Bulger ends up developing two greens and like par threes on his backyard in St. Louis, Missouri. He ended up buying his house. Like he it was built like, a. a golf yes. situation in his well, he, backyard. He bought Anheuser-Busch's daughter's house back in the day. It was like a local grocery store guy and Anheuser-Busch's daughter's was castle any, that they was had. Was he any good? I don't, Mark, I don't. Was, Mark was good, but he was a, he was a little bit... Uh, well, he got he got the shit kicked out of him by us. He had broken ribs. Every 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 Monday morning, we would be in like the sauna or the steam rooms, and he was black and blue. I, I asked him if he was iron deficient because he was so bruised up. Like He was <laughs> broke. He was getting clipped. So, so, uh, so he had a party the one night, and we all went there. And I stole his like Gator ATV kind of thing, and I'm, and I'm drunk as a skunk, driving all over the goddamn place. And he 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 just had these greens done, and I'm driving all over brand new greens. And his plumbing system, the PVC pipes are still oh, showing. Man, so good. I tore his fucking yard apart, bad, to the point where we came in the next week, and uh, and he comes up to me and he like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey man, what the fuck happened to my backyard at the party?" And I was just like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes. Dude, there's like $23,000 in damage. <laughs> and I said, what? What are you talking about, man? He goes, somebody fucking drove all over my backyard. And I was just like, oh, you got to get Donnie Jones, man. I saw him on your gator. I think he was our punter at the time. And I used to fuck with Donnie all the time. He punted for the the, the Dolphins, too. And, uh, and I used to fuck with Donnie all the time. And Donnie, um, I saw him on the gator, but I clearly got, you know, belligerent. And drunk. No. And, uh, yeah, it happens oh. once in a while with me. I'm skeptical about that, but it happens. And uh, and then Bulger brought in the fucking surveillance video. <laughs> no, he did And played it in the offensive line. Should have given the him offensive. back the $300 Best Buy gift certificate. Well, he came in the next day after he reviewed the footage, and he goes, uh, he goes, I know it was you, you motherfucker. And I was just like, what happened? And he goes, dude, I see you. You have your arm out the thing, and you're rolling around all over my my yard, destroying my whole yard. And it was like all wet and moist because they're still trying to grow the grass on it. And uh, and he goes, dude, that cost me like twenty three grand, and 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 to to have it all repaired. And I was just like, well, fuck, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm really sorry. And he goes, no, it, it was funny. It was, it was really, <laughs> well, really at least funny. he took it like. It was, uh, this is the guy that like he literally, you know, when you if you live up north, you have a basement, so you know you could have those lookout windows where half of it is underground, half of it's above. Yeah. Ground. He had the, the zoo aquarium guy come out and build aquariums in all of those windows. So it was like, 
it was you know, extra. Next, yeah, next level shit. Very I mean, extra. Yeah, made a lot of money, that guy. A lot of money. I have to tell you that I love Richie Incognito, and Me I don't too. care what happened here. I don't. I don't even. He got crucified. He was. He was of the, course. He was the well, lamb. listen. He was that, the lamb. That that year, uh, the Dolphins were such a fucking train wreck. Yeah. They were just looking for someone to pin it on, and Richie was that guy. And then that one guy was just very sensitive. Jonathan Martin. Jonathan. The one that will, like try to kill a bunch of people later on, too. Yeah. yeah. He was just very sensitive, and then it was all blamed on Richie. Like, listen, he seems like a lot. There's Richie? No, yeah. Yeah, he is. There, it se- he seems like a lot, and that's totally fine. But, man, how many times have you played on teams that there's a couple of guys that are like, man, you guys are fucking nuts. There's, there's no other human being, and I've played with a lot, that I would bring into a foxhole with me and just say, this is my animal. That's who you want playing right guard, though. That's the guy. He used to – he literally is the guy that you just point and let him let him go. Like, And he would fight everybody. He would want to – he was talking – I'll never forget. So the first time I got to play against Sap, it was obviously really cool for me, really rewarding for me. And he's literally trying to fucking kill Sap. Like, kill him. Kill <laughs> this him. is Warren Sap. Yeah, Warren Sap. Warren Sap. And then, you know, Sap is yelling at me, hey, Rom, check your boy, check your boy. And Richie's like, you know, throwing the N word out. It's just like, oh. and I'm like, oh, here we go. And mind you, like, we got like Orlando Pace as my left tackle, uh, legend in the game. Um, we got a lot of dudes on that football. Like, who was the other guy that like he was just going off on? Uh, we were playing against the Bucks. Was it Brooks? It might even have been fucking Brooks. Derek Brooks, yes. number fifty-five for the he, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Better believe it. And he was he was laying and fucking. Richie wants to fucking kill everyone, and he's still killing people. Like he's still making Pro Bowls, and he's still making eight million dollars a year. And he's he's a fucking he's a lunatic. But there's nobody else I would rather have. Perfect example. We're walking into a bar in St. Louis. The bar, uh, the, the the bouncer at the front door, uh, Richie knows him because he's kicked Richie out of a couple different clubs in St. Louis before. And uh, we're walking by, and Richie's like, what's up, fucking loser? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here we go. It's already starting. And then the guy goes, <laughs> incognito. And then all of a sudden, Richie grabs a bottle of ketchup, glass ketchup bottle, and chucks it at the dude's head. And I'm just like, we're going to jail. We're going to jail. All of a sudden, the police get called. Richie's hiding in the backseat of my car. And I'm just like, oh, we're going to die. We're, we're going to die. We're, Richie, let's go. We got to go. And, like, literally, it was like he was my right guard. I was his somewhat babysitter. And we, like, we got into the whole Pat Militich MMA thing together. Uh, I later on did it with, like, Randy Couture and stuff like that. So I was, like, I was into all that shit. And then Richie was just the animal that would go to Vegas, win money, blow money. Win money, blow money. And that was just... He lives life to the fullest. There's nobody out there that does it like Good him. for him. He, he's in because literally, Rich, 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 Richie could probably die tomorrow. He, he, the way that he fucking goes, he, he probably could. There's no doubt about it. How do you get labeled like the NFL man of the year one year for the Miami Dolphins and turn around and have that scandal happen the very oh, same year? You know that I mean? scandal was just all. And imagine it's like his boy is. I'll never forget. Pouncey was calling me. Pouncey was trying to take Romberg, man. Pouncey is also a very intense human being. Yeah, he's uh, both of them. Yeah, well, when your boy, they're making Netflix specials about your serial killer butter. Buddy, yeah, you know what I mean. It, it depends. So, so funny story is uh, when they suspended Richie. That's about Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, for also a Florida Gator. Gator. Yeah. Um, for those people that don't know, uh, when Richie was suspended, he obviously still kept the relationship with all the offensive linemen. So what they ended up doing, this is cool food 
food for thought for the podcast. I don't think people know this either. Um, they elected Richie with all <laughs> the fine money for Richie to arrange the offensive line trip. Because at the end of the year, all of the fines that you guys accumulate, aside from the NFL distributed fines, all of the in-house, in-room fines that you get for farting or tapping a guy on the you ass. Get, wait, you get fined for farting? Depends. If it stinks really bad, the big stank fine, that's like 500 bucks. If you're you making, get sta- wait, you get fined five hundred bucks for throwing down, throwing for, down. for a, a fart that makes people like gag a little bit. Yeah, you're you're getting wow. five hundred bucks. If you disrupt a meeting for a fart, that's five hundred bucks. Wow, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. fucking life changing. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I'm gonna and, implement uh, that here. Yeah, some 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 of the fines are pretty pretty funny. You you make them up actually. You actually have a makeup list and you put it right at the front door as as your offensive line has their meeting room, and guys are getting fined left and right. And at the end of the year. You put together a trip or an event or whatever it was. And Richie was still donned with the task of planning the, the guy's trip, the, the offensive line trip. And, they, and instead of having a private plane, Richie was so off of his rocker, not on his meds. Instead of getting a private plane, which would have cost him whatever to go to either Costa Rica or DR, wherever they went. I can't remember what it was. Richie gets a 7 fucking 37. Rents a thing? fucking whole 737 plane for nine guys. He rents a whole plane for nine. <laughs> That's when Pouncey's like, Romberg, you got to do something, man. You got to like fucking so reel them in, figure it out, whatever it is. And you can imagine the shenanigans. At the, at the venue, at the venue that went down, let alone the flight well, over there. How much does it cost to rent a 747? It had to be 75, 80 grand easily. Easily. One way. <laughs> That's One way. No doubt. Because a, a private, it's going to cost you, what, about seven grand an hour? And to go to either Costa or the DR or something like that, could have been like a 30 grand. So the whole plane, just for you guys? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's out there, man. So how many years do you play in the league? Nine. Nine. Uh, How'd that feel? Uh, by the time I was over with it, I was I was over with it. I was done. I was going to do one more. I was going to go play for Tennessee, and then because uh, their starting center tore his tricep. I was going to go do one more year over year Tennessee to get 10. That would have been 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and, uh, and then I didn't because the year before, I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to – I didn't want to play again any, at, to the year before, 2012, and then, um, and then I played. And it was fun. It was great. I kind of ended it the way I wanted to end it. And Who'd then, you play with your last year? Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I went back to Atlanta. And then um, – and then, yeah, that, that, I was going to go for 10. And then, ironically, that spring, I had, like, that widow-maker heart attack thing where, you know, I should have fucking died kind of thing. So, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, you live and you learn. Yeah. Who was the quarterback in Atlanta? Matt, Matty. Matt Ryan. Oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah, I had Matty. And then that was the year that Kaepernick beat us. We were winning. <laughs> Side note, sad, sad situation. Very similar to what happened with New England in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when we, Atlanta was ahead of Tom Brady in the in the Oh, the, the 28-3 to three thing? We were up by 21 or 19 at <laughs> halftime against the 49ers, and Kaepernick came out and fucking lit oh, the world on fire. Oh, that's when Kaepernick lost the Super Bowl. Yep. We were, right. They played us the, the week before or two weeks before for the Super Bowl, and we thought we were going to the Super Bowl that year as well. And, uh, yeah, Kaepernick came out and had his best game he's ever played in his NFL career and came back and beat us, and that was it. Was that Kaepernick's last year? Yep. It was. Yeah. Wow. This well, no, no, because Kiko almost decapitated him down here, right? Uh, Kiko decapitated him here. Planning Kiko Alonso? Yeah. Where's that guy playing now? Is, is he, he still, still in Buffalo or no? 
No, I don't think he's still in Buffalo. Buffalo's actually good now, so I don't yeah, think that he's probably starting on that team. You want to hear stories about Kiko? Oh, Kiko Alonso? He's man. actually Cuban. I want to hear he all is. the stories he about is. him. People think he's Puerto Rican because he grew up in PR, but no, he's he's Cuban. He's yeah. Cuban, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, in the, there's a couple tools missing from that shit. But, but, from Kiko? But he's a great, yeah. Kiko you can tell care. because he's kind of like that uh, white guy linebacker that just throws his body at everything. He's a fucking animal. Like, we checked with the uh, the research department, and Kiko's with the 49ers right now. Is he? Is well, he that's because there's no one that is still on that team. I know. The 49ers have been just How decimated. bad? How bad is that fall from grace right there? Oh, man, it's crazy. That defense and was unreal. Unreal. When you stopped playing, how? when did you start doing radio? How long until you started? Like 15 or 16, I think. How was that? Actual, uh, um, well, when, when I was 790? Yeah. Yeah, they, they called me to go in there and do a couple different things once in a while, and then there was a good positive reaction for me doing it. And, I remember. I used to listen. And, yeah, so it was like me, Joy Taylor, and, and Zaz. And, um, and Jonathan and, Zaz. Yeah. yeah. I hear he's a jerk. Well, he's, he's typical radio guy. There you know. Go. He's right. typical radio guy. So they they, they, they kind of, like... And this is what I never understood about radio is like egos, like the egos that radio guys tend to have in the industry. What for? That's my fucking question. <laughs> I don't get like, it. Like you literally are talking on a radio. I don't know what the big fucking deal is, but yeah, I, but you know, he's, he's, he's a lifer. Like Zazzle has been around forever and a day. Forever. Now. Like started from the bottom. Now we're here kind of guy. So producing like. Stugatz and Levitard way, 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 way back in the day. Joy is like, uh, she's on like a show now. Yeah, she's uh, she's with Colin, That's Colin right. Coward. She was with uh, the undisputed guy there, the with, with Skip and Shannon. Yeah, she was the medium between those two. God, Skip and Shannon, yeah. I couldn't imagine a more blowhard situation. Oh God, Skip Bayless and Shannon. Sharp. The the Fuck. ironic. Uh, th- obviously, they're catering to television, and of I, course, they become they become characters. You know what I mean. Yes. But 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 Shannon's like the Mike always and Mike. like Mike and Mike used to be. Yeah, that Golick, and then and then Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I never. I, I'm not I'll gonna. Know, yeah, I like it. I'm not gonna bash any radio guys or anything like that because fuck, I don't. I really don't care to be honest with you. Um, I've never, I've never really been fully engulfed in media. I I I, I honest to God mock, I mock the jock sniffing fucking media guys like literally that have built their livelihood on on just trying to interpret body language or eye contacts or like what they thought they meant when they said something i hate that shit because it's never right it never is fucking right ever ever like the what's well, over analyzing of everything and it's usually coming from guys that have never yeah. been in a locker room too you know what never. i mean that, that's the problem it's like Dude, have you even been in front of every, anybody that has either shot that last shot or 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 gone for that last diving touchdown? No, you haven't. But you're telling me you're going to sit here and tell me what they thought was going on in their mind? No, man, come on, bro. It ain't happening. So I've never really. I'm not one to be the number one analytic guy. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to give you. Uh, I'm not a statistician by any means, and I'm not. I'm not going to be your percentage guy. I'm going to be the guy that's going to tell you, like, you're either a fucking degenerate, you 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 suck, you're good, you should have done this, you should have done that, and that'd have been it. Like, you I'm, I'm you never are gonna... an O lineman. I am. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's fine. Hundred percent. An over an, an overachieving offensive lineman. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I I 
I enjoy sports media, uh-huh. but even the fact that I played at a very lower tier college level. But you like, played though. When I hear them say things, I'm just like, that doesn't make any fucking no. sense. Like no. that, how they analyze games and how they, it's just like that doesn't make any fucking sense no. at all. Like you're gonna overanalyze a guy because he had a bad game. Like bad games happen. They don't get it. And they then just, that's why I actually got into like analyst work too. That's why I started doing a conference USA college football analyst work for like three years was number one, because I could probably translate a lot of what was going on in the field. And then it was ironic every single time, every single time my, my, my play-by-play guy, cause I would do the color, obviously we would go into rooms and sit with the head coaches and the coordinators prior to games. And we would do their interviews prior to, to get stories. And they were so reserved and calm and, giving you coach speak every single question that that play-by-play was asking. But then when it came to me, oh, fuck, Romberg. And then, like, let's go have beers later. Like, I was going to have more beers with head coaches right. and partying and eating and drinking and talking shit with more head coaches in college football than, hell, any fucking play-by-play guy. Well, because they trusted you. Exactly. It, it's all that like That level a, of brotherhood that Yeah, that like, you on. know, like, oh, you, oh, you get it. Of like, course. Like, you understand. Like, yeah. oh, you played. Like, and you and they, would, they would tell me, we would leave the room and they're like, Dude, he didn't even open up until you asked him one question about – and it's just like they, they love, obviously – and I didn't understand that, like the transparency. That's what everybody wants to see is the transparency. And that, that's one thing that people don't understand that they'll never, ever get when dealing with professional athletes. is like they don't understand that they're just fucking guys that yeah. are really good at doing something, but you're putting them up on a pedestal. And you're like you're, – you're, you're inflating that hot air balloon. But not even just guys. Like a lot of these people are kids. 21, oh, 22 yeah. years old, 23 years old. Yeah. Like, I think about the shit that I was doing when I was 23 years old. Like, I mean, fuck, man. It's a lot of times we're overanalyzing. And especially kids. nowadays, it's getting it's getting worse and worse. And well, worse. social media makes it all like, you know, pro football focus. Oh, the star ratings, ratings and, all and parents. So and why isn't my kid? Yeah. Oh, man. Today, I was just like all like into the, the Dolphins Twitter verse deep and it's all talking about Raekwon Davis. It's all about Raekwon Davis, right? The kid's a mammoth of a human being. Yeah. He's a fucking yeah. beast. He's really good. If the kid puts it together, good. But then you have a bunch of fuck faces. Like, you can always tell in the comments of the people who have never played the game. Right? Well, why doesn't he just do it? Like, motherfucker, do you... Have you ever been in that situation? You never understand until you're there. Not only that, but I don't think people un- don't understand the, the lack of drive. Like, yeah, I've played with guys that have probably and could have been world beaters. Just physically sure. on paper, Adonis's. But they really don't give two shits about their craft. They don't right. care. They don't have the passion or the work ethic to make themselves that elite type of player. Right. And they don't understand that, okay... Well, why does Hassan Whiteside, why is he fucking the dog for the Miami Heat back here two years ago? Uh, well, you just paid him a hundred and something million dollars. Like, why the fuck would he not guaranteed money? Like, right. why would he not? He's never been the guy that's been the overachiever. He's never been the Jimmy Butler 3 a.m. workout guy ever in his life. So all of a sudden you're telling me you're going to pull a guy out of the Y and he just has some fucking reoccurring dream that now he's like the next best. No, man. Tiger can't change his stripes, man. It is right. what it is. You might have the rare oddity. And that's why you have the Peyton Mannings, Tom Brady's, the guys that show up with briefcases that make it their livelihood. Yeah. That sacrifice everything in their life for Zach Thomas. greatness. ZT, Zach used to tell me, um, Zach, Zach, Zach would tell me that he literally 
was not allowed to sit down on the sideline because he would fall asleep on the bench because his fucking eggs were so scrambled. <laughs> he, they would not allow him to sit on the bench because that's he crazy. would pass out because he's had 950 million concussions. Yeah. That's how bad his eggs were scrambled. That's it, it's, fucked it's up. Just, <laughs> it's, it's really, really bad. And Zach came from money, too. So imagine how many kids nowadays that come from so much fucking money, like... Don't even get me started on the Tate Martell kid because I'm going to fucking lose my shit on him. And then, and Tate then you, Martell. And then you got Johnny Manziel, too. Oh, oh, I hated that kid. I hate Johnny Manziel as equally as I hate Baker Mayfield. Johnny Manziel showed up at a dinner that I was at in Dallas. It was – it was so Tony, Tony Romo. This is after they just demoted Tony for, for Dak. Tony, Zeke. Tony's um, doing just fine calling games. Yeah, Tony's okay. He's doing just what fine. Did he, what did they just give him? Like a lot of money. They gave him a lot of money. Like they gave him a lot. More money than he was making as a quarterback. Well, this fucking dude's a hey, Corona. <laughs> no, just brutal, bro. <laughs> bro. Oh. And then, like, even straight, like, Strahan, Strahan's working like a motherfucker, though. But, dude, Strahan yeah, is he making worked like when 30 he or 40 too. million a year now. Like, yeah. Strahan's making stupid dough. Way more money than he ever made. Play. It's like why? Why would you go to coaching after making that kind of money doing TV? Well, that's the thing. Like when they asked Tony if he was interested, like Greg Olson, like why? Greg, why did you go back to Seattle Seahawks? Like why? Like why are you playing ball when they're willing to give you six or seven million dollars a year to fucking be in a shirt and tie for one day a week? Honest yeah. to God, why? Like what else? You, what else do you want to do, man? Like really, like. I'll never forget. So I took Greg Olson on his visit when he came to the University of Miami. And I had my wife, who's smoke good, show. Good job, by the way. Thank you for getting me. Yeah. yeah. I had my wife, who's a smoke show. Katrina Campins, who's another smoke show, who's like, I don't know if you know Caddy. She was on The Apprentice. She does like the Trump thing now. She's like Latin for Trump. Yeah, she's Latin for Trump. And she's recounting? Yeah, I think so, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and then Kelly Gaudet, who was Miss Florida. So I had those three smoke shows out with us that night that Greg Olson showed up. With you? Up. As an old lineman? Yeah, can you believe it? Pretty shocked. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, overachiever. Everything. And uh, so, I, and then I had Greg Olson. And and I was like, I, I brought him the fucking thunder upon thunder. So, I had Cubans. I had fucking American girls. I had everything. The appetizer sampler. Oh, yeah. He had everything. He was he was crazy that night. Like, he had everything. And uh, and literally, and Greg's a good-looking dude. G-Reg from the, you know, sixth flow. You know, G-Reg with the third leg. <laughs> Six floor Six flow. And, uh, and, uh, oh, that night, yeah, that, that night G reg, like, and I'll tell you what, like girls, like he's a good looking fucking dude. There's a reason why they want him to do TV. He's a pretty boy. His nickname is pretty boy. My wife gave him that nickname. And, it doesn't uh, shock me at all. No. And, uh, and G reg with the third. And plus he's hung. Like, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So he, uh, so he literally, so he literally shows up and, uh, and then I find out from my offensive line coach in Jacksonville that when he ended up committing to Notre Dame, Ugh, all the gross. wives, all the wives, gross. coaches' wives included, had the hots for Greg. So you know the kid could pull whatever, whatever he wanted. And he's hung. Like I, did I mention that he was hung? You said that. This is now the fourth time that you've mentioned that Greg Olson is hung you like know, a horse. Greg Olson that plays for the, the Seattle Lord. Seahawks. The he still Lord. plays for the Seattle Yeah, he's there now, yeah. Man. Hung like a horse, everyone, just so everyone is aware. I'm a uh, – this has been so eye-opening, and I'm so happy right now. Well, we didn't even get into a bunch of other shit that we could get into. I know. There's so many other things. There's a lot. I, I asked you when you sat at the bar, how was it to play against Vince Wilfork? I, I'm going to tell you, I am 
You love Vince. I love and, Vince. And rightfully so. I think I, Vince Wilfork, my two favorite D linemen, because I'm a D lineman, my two favorite D linemen growing up were Trace Armstrong and Vince Wilfork. That's cool. White guy, black guy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You're, you're equal opportunist. Yeah. Equal opportunist. Sure. Trace Armstrong, that's why I wore that number. The balding white guy. The balding yeah, white guy that was carried off the field against the Buffalo Bills when we won in 1997. And the fat slob from the University of Miami, Vince Wolfork. Yeah, I mean, but he wore, you know, like he wore the overalls and he was fun and he would just stop like, any double team or triple team in the world. The it didn't matter. He, he really would is. just fuck. It, you tried to run in the A-gap either side, you weren't going to run well, there. I don't know if I don't know if Joaquin told the story or not about Vince Wolfork, but... So, for instance, he didn't. Joaquin was very official tire salesman when he was on the show, but I love him. He was yeah, great. I don't have to worry about that. So, here's the thing. I don't have to worry about international markets. <laughs> We're gonna, still uh, waiting for the ad dollars. I'm going to throw fine. in that that you're not – in terms of – I don't know if he was still being official tire salesman when he made reference to oh, the, <laughs> the value of mayonnaise for masturbation. That's right. The best condiment for jacking off. That's right. Is mayonnaise? <laughs> did he say that? This no, was, he did. So we always he went into a whole, when we, we into always, parting recommendations. Yeah, yeah, we always end the show with parting recommendations. Everybody recommends anything at all, and oh, his okay. recommend it could be a movie. And I always say it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a song. And his recommendation was: masturbate if you need mayonnaise. to masturbate with a condiment, the best is mayonnaise. I think that's because he's Cuban. Because you guys put <laughs> fucking mayonnaise on everything. That's why he doesn't well, put on his arroz imperial. There's nothing wrong with that. Totally Are you fine. a Dukes guy or a Hellman's guy? I'm a Dukes guy. Okay. Just, I wanted to make that clear. I'm a Dukes um, guy. So, okay. So, I don't know if Joaquin told the story or not, but the whole, like, you know, the Sugar Bowl fight of Vince Woolfork where he was in high school ultimately and just arriving on University of Miami, jumping out of a voodoo shop and beating the fuck out of somebody from the University of Florida. That was incredible as is. It is. Um, Vince. It <laughs> is. So, so Vince, um, aside from his unbelievable insatiable appetite for food um <laughs> vince is by far one of the sweetest human beings there is oh, yeah? and when he's on your side he's like he's the best so vince i don't know if people know this either but vince lost both of his parents in the same year at the oh. university of miami so uh his mom and his dad and it was a weird dynamic too because his mom was a big lady kind of like him and his dad was a tiny motherfucker so it was like really weird to see this this dynamic, right? And so ultimately Vince was embraced by the team and the team became his family. And Vince, uh, I don't know why I keep being redundant by mentioning his name, but uh, Vince Wilfork, Vince everyone. Wilfork, yes. Um, when we were playing the University of Nebraska, they had a, an offensive lineman by the name of Tinu Funodi, who was a Polynesian, go figure, and who was responsible for the the pancake record for offensive linemen in college I, football. I kind of remember this. Vaguely remember this. And Tinu Funodi, who could bench the fucking world. He played guard? Yes. Okay. He was their guard. Yeah, yeah. And he was a mammoth human being. Drafted first round by the San Diego Pod, uh, oh. Padres. San Diego Chargers. I know they changed the name. I got to get it right. Um, but drafted by the San Diego Chargers at they the had time. They a good game this week, the Chargers. Yep, they did. Crickets. <laughs> and and, uh, and and so all of a sudden, this is what Richie told me. Tinu was like God at Nebraska, and in and just like any other Polynesian family, they all fucking moved in with him. So in in Lincoln, Nebraska, he had like a little house efficiency where they would hang up sheets to divide rooms in this little house, and his whole family 
cousins, uncles, aunts moved to Nebraska and lived in this like little house, little shack that was divvied up by bed sheets and with mattresses on the floor and everything. But Tinu's like 440 pounds. Like he's a monster of a fucking human being. And again, responsible for the pancake, for those of you that don't know, is um, when an offensive lineman grabs a defensive lineman and puts him on his back and rolls on top of him. That's called a pancake. It's disrespectful and you don't allow it to happen. Exactly. It's, it's a very disrespectful. You saw the Penn State kid basically dry hump the other kid uh, last weekend that he was <laughs> right. playing against that defensive end. And, um, and so we had our own Martin Bibla, who was Joaquin's boy, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it was. Um, roomy dog, whatever it might have been. Boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you know, new new times. Mayonnaise. So you know, we're all, we're all even, Stephen. Whatever your flavor is, and uh, so so the Polish Punisher and Joaquin, the Polish Punisher, Punisher. self proclaimed. Uh, we never gave him that name. He he called himself. That's that. good though. Yeah. Give yourself a name. It's fine. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, so Bibla, all of a sudden, me and Bibla are benching the same. He goes home for a summer. And he comes back benching eighty five pounds more than me, which it didn't make sense, but. Maybe the spike was involved, but I'm not going to say anything. It's fine. Um, yeah, you know, it it's is Polish. It is. Yeah, it's Polish. It's that, Bench pressing trees. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren shit. So um, whatever happens. So anyway, so our guy, our pancake guy was Bibla. And Bibla had a really good amount of pancakes. He led the team in pancakes. I think he had at that point in time, I don't know if there was like 60 or 70 pancakes so far at that point in time. Happen. Yeah, you can't. It's a very demeaning process yeah. for a defensive lineman. Take them all down. But, but Tino Fonodi had like 238. And we would always like be like, what the, how the fuck you have 238 when we only got 60 by one guy? You know what I mean? Like, is, what are you categorizing as a pancake? So Richie told me that when we got off the bus at Disney World and Nebraska was walking by us at Disneyland, or Disneyland over there, right? That's what it's called now. Yeah, land. So Disneyland, we're walking by them and they literally started giggling and laughing and they were mocking us because of how small we were. Oh, yeah. They thought they were going to fucking kill us, run us farm bred, Midwestern, country boys. They thought they were going to eat us alive. That didn't work out. No, it didn't work out too well for them. Didn't work out. And <laughs> so they thought Tinu was going to destroy our off- our defensive lineman. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, we had Andrew Williams, who like looked like he's fresh from the jailhouse. He did about 455 pull-ups. Uh, corn rode out. We had we, a bunch of thugs, whatever it was. We had Vince Woolfork, obviously. We had Dookie on the other end, uh, Jerome McDougal, a couple different rotation of guys in there. And uh, Vince Woolfork, I think he was a sophomore, sophomore. at sophomore. that point in time. And he got underneath Tinu Finodi on a third and short, slammed oh. him. Oh, I remember this. Crawled over top of him and yeah. smoked the fucking running back in the backfield. And the whole Nebraska sideline was just like, Oh no! Yeah, Vince was that in, just happened. Yeah, Vince was in a four-point stance. Yes, he was in a four-point stance, and he fucking just drilled that's the best part right over. Through. That's the best part. Just Vince drilled is a r- sleeping fucking shark in the water. He'll lull you to sleep. You know, you'll take a couple plays off, and then all of a sudden, no, D lineman don't take plays smoke off. Smoke show. Vince is coming off the thing, grabbing your shoulder, ripping over top of you, and he finds money downs. They call it money downs for Third people down that don't know what long. that is. Yes, that's where dudes make their money: sacking, tackle for losses, when the game matters. There's a four or five play count in a game that makes a difference of the I'm outcome so of a game. I'm so excited because I know. This you know, all I'm, makes spit, me very I'm spitting happy. locker room talk. This all makes me very I'm, I'm happy. I'm spitting locker room talk. So I'm very excited. This all makes me literally happy. is four or five plays in a game that determine the outcome of the game. Money downs, third and long. Out Always. Of 85 of them. Four or five are going to determine the outcome of the game. And Vince Wolfork took Tinu Finotti, slammed him, and then made a tackle for loss in the backfield. And all of the Nebraska football team said, 
holy oh, shit, yeah. what just happened? And then you had defensive end chasing down their quarterback at that time who was supposed to be the fucking greatest. Tim Couch? Thing. Couch. Tim Couch. Greatest things since sliced bread. Tim Couch? Chase, Eric, Eric Crouch. Eric, Eric Crouch. Eric, Eric. Eric. Chasing him down, they were just like, <gasps> a defensive end just caught him? That yeah. doesn't happen in I know. Big he was football. He was supposed to go to the league, and then he ended up playing slot receiver, and he didn't make it out of camp. Yeah, he went as a wide receiver. Uh, yeah, it was weird. bad. And uh, and, and that, that was basically the writing on the wall, and then that's when Vince Wolfork was just – it became, and I'll never forget my first down against the Patriots. I'm I'm holding the football, getting ready to snap the football, and all of a sudden I hear biggity bay, biggity bay, biggity. So his nickname was Bezzy because there was a guy that cooked for us on campus named Bezzy, who made all these pasta chicken dishes, and Vince would get the fattest one. It was like soaked in ranch dressing, cheese, mm. and bacon bits, and all kinds of shit. Yum. And it was called the Bezzy, and and Vince ate that shit every day. It was like. <laughs> 2,800 calories. <laughs> and he would eat before practice. So we would nickname him Bez, Big Bez. And so his nickname was Bezzy. So he, I'm never forget this. I'm like, I went from like Willie McGinnis. And then all of a sudden this rookie defensive tackle for the Patriots is like over the football, dripping on it and going, it's trying to spit on the football. And I'm like, this motherfucker spitting on the, and all of a sudden he's like, biggity, big, biggity, big, biggity. And I like look up and I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> I like dying laughing. Because that was the first time I saw Vince in like two years. You know, I was just dying laughing. And that's the way he was. He played fierce. He played fun. And he's just an all around good dude, man. And then I'll never forget. We had the first paradise camp together here when, when Rick showed up, Mark Rick. And we're doing paradise camp. And it's all of us in a room. And it's like Michael Irvin, Ray, Sappy. Oh, and Mark Craig tried to bring back all the alumni. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're all sitting in the room changing, and we're all putting our gear on. And then Vince is in the front telling stories about the Houston Texans, the year that he wore the overalls with the boots and yeah. shit like that. And he said that Coach O'Brien grabbed the <laughs> fucking starting quarterback at halftime, and they ch- he chased the starting quarterback at halftime, which was Schwab, I think, or Schaub. His name My, was Matt, Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. Literally running like fast contract for such a terrible quarterback. So imagine you're at halftime and you got the head coach chasing after the fucking starting quarterback who's running into a room trying to lock the door. O'Brien kicks the door down. All of a sudden the door shuts. It's Bill O'Brien. And then, yes. And then O'Brien was just fine. And then O'Brien's on the top of Schaub beating the piss out of him behind closed doors at halftime. And then Schaub comes out, security guard kicks the door down. They pull each other apart. Schaub comes in, he's fucking busted up. His, you know, is his so face good. just got lumped up. And O'Brien just walks away. And then Vince Wolfork was like, I just showed up from New England where Bill Belichick ran the fucking show. And this doesn't happen in New England. And I just watched the head coach beat the piss out of the starting quarterback who's about to go back out there right now and start the second half. I've never seen anything like it before. So when Vince told this story, it was, it was incredible. It was a fucking great story. Oh, and then you got Michael Irvin <laughs> in the background talking about, hey, now, hey. Look at the start, look at the scars now. Look at the scars. And he's like trying to show how good of a shape he was in <laughs> yeah. for a 50-something fucking year old man. And then we're like, God damn, did you have your shoulder replaced? Because nowadays they got scopes. Back in the day, they used to cut you from elbow all the way to the fucking clavicle. So we just it was just, you know, same shit. University of Miami, you rip each other apart, you bring each other back down to earth, you round each other, regardless of where you're at. It's just doing. real. It's that accountability thing. It which is, is I uh, so full circle. I like this full circle we're coming full, into. Right? I know, it's yeah. the full circle thing. I remember it was like a year and a half ago, maybe. I was asked to be on Iron Chef. It was like a oh, new. Cool. It was a new version of Iron Chef. Cool. And I said, "I'll be on the show, but only if my team can only wear fatigues. We're going to show up like UM in the eighties, like Vinny Testaverde style. Yes, and we would 
only wear fatigues. And they were like, we, 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 can't, we can't allow that. And I was like, then I can't, I can't be on your show. So why not? I was like, this is the way we do it in Miami. There's only one way. I like and that. this is the way that and they didn't want to participate. In that? They, they could have developed the whole storyline. I know it would have been such a good fucking. Who the fuck story? is the producer of that show? It God doesn't damn it. matter because shows are dumb anyways. But I was more like you know the team, and we could do it all on TV, and we would probably fucking smoke whoever we were going up against. I like that. But we were going to show up in fatigues. Were you, was... were you would you would have gotten all twisted up too? What do you mean? Like with beforehand, the fuck, with the with the with the rose, would you done? Would oh, you done, for sure. You would have I mean, without? any kind of event. You wouldn't wear golds or nothing, though, would you? I have golds. Right, come what on, you can you tell mean? he doesn't listen to the show. Come on, Brett. You have golds too. I do. I have. I have two gold caps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I done thought I heard it all. Before. <laughs> Obviously, I did not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I approach so many things like you am in the eighties. I also have a 61 Cadillac. That's correct. No way. I do. She's Good not here. She's down for the count, but she'll be back. You getting a little bit of restored? You getting a little bit tune-up? Or Right now, oh, man. So frustrating, sore these subject. old cars. This is such a sore subject. Right now, right now, she's getting two pistons replaced and a new starter, and uh, the headers are getting resealed. But, yeah. I have a 61 Cadillac Series 62. She's sitting in front of my house right now. <laughs> it's just like that. Cross it's just it up. Like that. Cross it up. So, anyways, this is—I guess this is the portion that we start to wrap up. Sure. I guess we start. So to wrap, we'll we'll do the we'll do the recommendation thing. I beforehand. Oh man, you got things to say. The, I don't have things to say. I just want to. Um, I want to read a tweet. Okay. That I uh, let out to the world, and I feel like the world is confused by the tweet, and I want to read it. <clears throat> You're gonna provide context. Not all. You actually retweeted the tweet. I did. That's no, a, that sounds like a thing I would. Romberg do. did. Oh, okay. Let's get funky. Do I eat before or do I wait till I get there, sir? Um, everything revolves around food for me. Yeah, I, no, I got it. Really it really does. <clears throat> Let me read the tweet. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So many restaurants doing Thanksgiving to-go packages. Weird. I'm shocked. Wonder why. Emoji going like this. Did you do the black guy or the white guy with the with the I don't white know what's guy, going white on. guy. Okay. White guy with a little bit of tan. Okay. Anyone know why everyone's wearing a mask? I'm shocked. Emoji like this. Like you're thinking, yeah. yeah. Super weird day. Seems like everything's hitting me all at once, and I have no context to the entire fucking year. Pancom podcast with Romberg sixty six tomorrow. I got some shit to say. You want to explain, are we explaining this tweet? Or? A food journalist, she who will not be named. Female. Okay. Female. Uh, let a tweet out into the world. Was like, I'm so shocked as to why I'm getting so many emails of Thanksgiving to-go packages. So weird. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why everyone's wearing a fucking mask. I'm so shocked as to why... People want to do Thanksgiving in their house instead of going to a restaurant. I'm shocked. I have no context or understanding of anything that makes any sense. I don't know. So I let out a dumb tweet to the world to make myself look like an idiot. And that's my rant for the day. Yeah. 
the context to add further context, most people didn't know what you were subtweeting. I know, and then people were like, but it's because there's the pandemic. No fucking shit, nah. people! Right. That there's a fucking pandemic? This I understand a, that. It was a it was a clumsy it was subtweet. Ver- it wasn't clumsy. I was very stoned when I fucking oh, tweeted that. Okay. It was just like... Transparency. It, it, oh, there's a lot listen, of that around here. This, this, Everything's fine here. This are you, are isn't twelve ten. The man, guy or no? Yeah, I am. But right now I'm broke, so I'm just eating edibles that I got in fucking <laughs> when I went to. Do you have Utah. your card? I know you can get your card down here now. Yeah, I know. But I my card is the guy who lives three blocks away, so that's the only card I need. Probably cheaper too than the than the dispensaries, no? Well, it's better, uh, and yeah, it's probably cheaper. I wouldn't doubt that. I know. I'm usually when. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and bust anybody, but when you would travel over to San Francisco to play the 49ers or whoever. The 49ers. You would normally go ahead and hit the dispensaries up over there. What? Would you? I'm so yeah. shocked. That's weird. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. NFL football players are human beings. I know. Weird. That's yeah, weird. So there's people that didn't understand my tweet into its context, and I'm giving you the context of why that happened, and I'll probably continue to get blackballed of all your lists that you don't want to put me in, and I'm totally fucking okay with that. You're going to ride or die, huh? You're doing your own thing restaurant-wise then. I like that. That's absolutely correct. And gold I'm caps and all. Not gold con- caps. Not conforming dreads. Gold, gold not caps, dreads, Cadillacs, and all of the above. When was the last time you saw a white dude with rose? Uh, last month when I got mine. The yeah, best I've, part. I've, that's the thing. It's like it's, I haven't seen a lot. You know, I did rose one year. Yeah, when I mean, I was, like, your you hair know, looks my, like it would make sense. I had, I had my hair down on my shoulder, so I would rock. I had Turtle, this girl Turtle, who was on the track team, used to sit between Turtle's legs and get my hair all rowed out. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I my, loved it. My uh, hair person's name is Cam. Uh, Braids by Cam. You can find her on Instagram. This is another free ad that we have just done do here on Pancom Podcast. She is amazing. She uh, comes to you, and she does a great job. All right. um, but, yeah, I've done them since high school, all through college for every game. I had braids majority of the time, um, if I could afford them, and yeah, I just you know why the if fuck I not? Saw, if I saw a white dude all rode out in a restaurant, I'd be like, holy shit, that dude is gangster. Like, yeah, that's why you get one star reviews and you get called exhibit. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's like there you know. go. Here's the thing, and this is uh, we're gonna go back to what we talked about like I don't know, probably an hour ago now. So often. The Miami restaurant scene wants to be like somebody else, right? Of course. We want to be like this restaurant in New York. We want to be like this restaurant in Chicago or California. I don't care for any of that. I want to be like a restaurant in Miami. Mm -hmm. I want to be a Miami born and raised human being of Cuban-American descent and doing shit my own way. It's weird why everybody wants to come here to come here, but they want to be elsewhere. Like the people here want to. Because they feel like it will get more people through the door. The only reason that we have been extremely blessed and fortunate to the fact that people continue to support us through this very fucked up time, I don't know if everyone's noticed, we're all wearing masks because it's a worldwide pandemic, but the only reason why people still come here is because people believe in the community and the fact that we are homegrown, 100% Miami through and through, Mm -hmm. and we will be like that, ride or die forever. And I I don't wish to be like anyone else. I wish to be like us. And that's, I think for some people, that actually rubs them the wrong way. I think for some people, they would rather us be like, well, we want, we're trying to be some, no, I'm going to, the idea here is to bring a Michelin star to Miami and to be the first born and bred Miami native to do that. Just like 
You guys wanted to win championships. This is the version of that for us. So we we're will doing it your way. Yeah, that's right. Like we will continue to go down that track. Cool. Very so, cool. parting recommendations. You ready to do some parting recommendations? Mandalorian season two. I'm on episode three. It was fantastic. Fantastic. I am so upset that I did not know this Disney Plus. We got it for free on a six month thing. I'm sad to know that they actually release these episodes every week and not just out into the world all at once. And I learned that the hard way last night at 3 in the morning when I finished. And I'm like, why are we done already? And they were like, no, you have to wait till Friday. And I'm like, well, fuck you too. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's my parting recommendation okay. of things. Uh, Brett, you got anything you want to recommend? Also, read Eater. They have great content. Go on. Um, well, I, I guess you could say I'll, I'll follow in the footsteps of the great Cuban Messiah, Joaquin Gonzalez, Oof. that um, where he alluded to, you know, masturbating with mayonnaise as a condiment <laughs> might be the best thing to do. I'm going to go the, I guess you could say the, the what not to do, and you know, mayonnaise as a condiment for yeah, masturbation. I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll say that. If for those of you that are looking at, for instance, the guys that are my age, for those of you that might be testosterone deficient, if you've ever gone and get tested, and if you decided to go ahead and partake in the testosterone therapy, be prepared that you will wake up swinging for the fences every morning (laughs) post-testosterone enhancement, where you are going to need to... I guess you could say take batting practice in the spare bedroom bathroom on a regular basis in the morning. But what I will recommend in terms of an accompaniment of that personal assault mission, do not use Bronner's body wash where in the beginning it has a nice menthol smell to it. Coconut. But once the wind hits it, it's fucking detrimental that it's going to be kind of freezing cold. So you're kind of contradicting oh, the outcome of what you're trying to achieve. And uh, basically, yeah, just, you know, don't play baseball in the cold is, is ultimately what I'm trying to. Welcome to 1210 The Man. The Man. <laughs> the man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two recommendations. One of them is one of our, our free plugs that we do here. We do free plugs. Uh, thanks Shock. thanks to Nick Malillo at Foundation Cigars for this box of Charter Oak cigars that he sent us. Yeah, they were nice. Those we are good. The fuck out of those things. and a great value. Those are like five bucks a stick, which for the money that is a tremendous yeah, man. cigar for five six bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to take a leak. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I'll do your shameless plugs for you. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, and then uh, I'm also going to recommend if I, this was new to, news to me. Can I, I recommend something? Go for ahead, you? yeah, go for it. Um, I noticed that you're the only one with the giant bush on the end of your microphone. Yes. So maybe like I don't know the peanut or some manscape kind of materials. Like okay, because it will make the tree look a lot thicker and bigger at the basin. Yeah. Of yeah. It. Because I noticed that you're you're dealing with plenty of hair. All this at the bottom of that microphone. Yeah. yeah. And you got like a space age tripod going on right now too. It's true. Yeah, yeah. But I there's... imagine you know some people are dealing with heavier machinery than others. Correct. Which, you know we're sitting here with, you know, what looks to be something that might not hit all the sides. We're dealing true. with more length right now. So true. We might be a piercer as opposed to yes. a, 
a side hitter where you're dealing with a substantial amount of machinery over there. A lot of machinery. Yeah, like thick. The girth is outrageous. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's impressive. It's definitely it's uh, it's it's going to touch. It's going to touch on a lot of things. <laughs> it's going to touch all the things. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. There's that. And then also, uh, I'm going to recommend. If you have it, I only recently discovered uh, the Mr. Delicious ads for Racks uh, chain in, of restaurants. Boobs? No, 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 chain of restaurants. But Mr. Delicious is the worst cartoon spokesperson ever devised for a restaurant. And if you haven't gotten on YouTube and checked out Mr. Delicious ads, he's like the you know imagine like the Hamburglar or you know uh, the, oh. or the King with. Bur- but this was a guy for a now defunct chain. Uh, called Rax, uh, and Mr. Delicious was like a depressed middle-aged man uh, for who was the, the cartoon spokesperson for a restaurant whose tagline was literally "You can eat here." Uh, incredible! It was a that's story. I, it was that's a story clever. I was not familiar with, and I'm really glad I learned about it. Uh, and we'll share it in the show notes for this show. You can You're talking about when the, the McDonald's the thing and the guy next door uh, with the car. And all the the music. You can't just show up in the middle of the movie and ask everybody this what's going. This is fucking real. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Red Enrique Red. Enrique Red Hernandez oh, well, for uh, you the, if you have a recommendation. Red Red is the reason. Red is the reason we got bread on the show. I don't talk that much. And and Red, if you have a recommendation you want to make to the people, you have the first. Mo- first off, I don't know if anybody knows me, but. I am the I know I am uh, I know all the C level C level celebrities G, and athletes. G, G level G, G level celebrities yeah, and athletes. Further, I go further down the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. I've so I met Brett years ago working with him and uh-huh. walking and all that. Brett invited me a couple times out and every time I went out I was with like somebody of Way more, way more important stature than, than myself. Absolutely. I was like, what, what are you doing here? So uh, what I've learned about Brett is you've got the most extensive phone book full of my awesome role, my, A-list yeah, people. My Rolodex is right, strong. Can, can, just, I'm going to ask you two, so two questions. Is One is can you help us get Wolfert for Mike? And the second thing is give me the most A-list Give me the most A-list dude on your phone book because I've done your, I've done your conf- like I've actually configured your phone and I was like, Dude's got Gretzky. You had Gretzky. Uh-huh. Who's your most A-list dude on the phone right now? Because you have a list. You're like... Well, that's the thing. Like People don't understand. Like I, I, uh, I literally have friends that are really cool fucking people that I don't, I don't give a fuck what they do or who they are or what they've done or that kind so of thing. So Gretzky's that dude? Well, no, the fact gotta, that the Gretzky fact is a big deal. He's fact, got Wayne Gretzky on his phone, and he's got jo- you had Jordan Michael. No, yeah, you, yeah, you had yeah, Mike. Yeah. You had Arthur Blank on your phone. Yeah, that's crazy. Arthur Blank. Well, the fact that I hit on Wayne's, the fact that I hit on Wayne's wife in the gym in Toronto one night, <laughs> in the hotel, and then <laughs> Wayne, and then Wayne. Well, I didn't ask you to throw dirt. This was bad. This was really bad. <laughs> they were there for like the hockey championships, and I saw her go to the gym off the elevator, and I hurry up and ran in my room and fucking started, you know. Obviously, you know, you know, Wayne's daughter, who's like She's all over the yeah. smoke show. Right. So so I was like, oh, my God. OK, so it was the daughter and his wife. 
and I'm like hurrying up and changing my clothes in, 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 in Toronto. And I go down and I get into the gym. And of course, I go sit next to her and I like start running next to her and I start chopping it up with her. And she's being super social butterfly because she's fucking married to Wayne Gretzky. It is what it is. Right. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, she wants to go stretch. So, fuck, I'm getting off the treadmill. I'm going to go stretch too. And then all of a sudden, Wayne shows up. Wayne's like, hey, Brett, what's going on? I'm just like, what's up, man? How are you? And he's like, good. And he goes, so you met my wife. And I'm just like, I have. <laughs> no, dude. Like, so one time I was like, oh, Brett, I want to go to Chili Cook-Off. Funny you mentioned Mike's uh, Chili Cook-Off champ. I never won a Chili Cook-Off, for fuck's sake. Uh, factual well, statement. Either way, Rascal Flats is headlining. He's boys with all of them. Yeah. And he's like, Flats. and he's yeah. like, he brings them on board. And he goes, yeah, we're going to the cook-off. I'm like, he's going, we're going with the Rascal Flats. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll go see them. Yeah. No, no. Well, I was in the trailer. Dude's singing. Dude's got a crazy voice. Gary, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Brett is your, for for me, fun fact, dude's got the most extensive phone book I've ever seen in my life. So, we're going to get Vince Wilford. Yeah, let's make that happen. Yeah. That and happen. the other thing is, you're starting a podcast. I want you, you're also doing something, or you're doing a show. Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm getting ready to do a show, a fishing show. So, I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to, like, kind of revolutionize the way that people look at fishing. would you would you be open to having a chef on fuck yeah because i want to do it like i want to do one of the shows in the bahamas where like we literally dive catch and then cook cool and then sit down here you go i'm gonna pass this to mike because i i think that does good collaboration are you a good seafood or are you you make you make a lot of seafood stuff so too? the restaurant next door that is closed currently is a seafood restaurant oh really yeah it's what we do i mean we're in south florida so i hope that's what i was gonna say seafood i was just gonna say yeah so, you, hold on. Music-wise, I have a lot of friends in the music business, too, so I'm like a music fucking junkie. Are you? Junkie. What, what is your music vibe? Like, what um, is, if you're, okay, if you're going to play some music, what's the first thing you go to? Maybe Deftones. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'll go them, So which, which they're my boys. Uh Dropping bombs. No, name name drop. Name drop. Toads, um, my boys. But like, like literally. Have you? I, but have you ever heard of Marty from Problem Kids? Anyways, that's a totally different subject. But uh, that's on my Rolodex. Mario, you heard here first. You're my trump card. Go on to Deftones. <laughs> so like bag Deftones. bean trump card. <laughs> but like it, it got to the point where it was like, okay, so like you know, Kid Rock, Deftones, uh, Kill Switch Engage. Um, yeah, Mudvayne guys, um, fuck, like, I have, like, a tie, like, the, the night that, like, the guy from Drowning Pool OD'd, we party, we were partying, that was a bad scene, um, Ozfest, so, like, you know, a, a lot, a lot of different, Man. a lot of different, from, I'm, I'm more of a rocker kind of guy than I am, uh, but then, like, you know, when I was in Atlanta, you had, like, Jeezy, you had fucking Future, you had all these other dudes, too, that were, like, Hanging and kicking it with Jeezy's so, about to do uh, a versus with Gucci Mane. It's going to be a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Just got released yesterday. And then Ti, Ti was 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 really cool, dude. Um, you can sing. Yeah, man. You're a singer. Yeah. Well, wait, what kind of what kind of what kind of music do you sing? Predominantly rock, but 
If you could sing, you could sing. You know what I mean? Oh, you could sing. Man, you could this sing. is good. Sing. You could sing. 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 Come on. Like, give me one. Give me one. Just Brett Rump. Listen, no one listens to this, so it's fine. So just give me like one. <laughs> give me one. Oh, after smoking cigars and drinking booze? Um, I don't know. We can. Uh, we can do whatever. Whatever you want to do, we'll no, do. No, not me. This isn't about me. It's about you. What do you want to do? You can do depending on the style of music. You can do. Wow, you can do that kind of thing. You oh, can do yeah. like R and B stuff too. You can. Yep. Ooh, <laughs> hey, very first time that I saw you around eyes. Oh, yeah, you can do all kinds of shit, bro. You boys, the men. We can do all kinds of stuff. We can do. Uh, what else you want to get into? I've never learned how to fucking scream, and I've been dying to do it. Like, in terms of, like, the... Scream fest. Yeah, I showed up to that once at Gramps, and it was a bad scene. I can't, I can't do it, only man. One time. I can't do it. I'll lose, I'll lose the voice yeah. immediately. Yeah, R&B, that's good, though. You're, I'll like, be, yeah, it's a very uh, soulful Canadian. Yeah, I'll do that stuff. I'll, like, a little acoustic guitar stuff, too, you know what I mean? So I was, like, an instrumental guy, too. I used to do guitar, drums. I, I wanted to be a musician before I wanted to be anything else, so... I, like, how we're is, unpacking this an hour or two no, is there's, crazy. There's, there's a whole other podcast here. This is yeah. like, I feel like we have just... Which, which is ironic is like I was... I'll put it this way. So I took the athletic director at Miami to a rascal show and I was trying to bend over... Uh, what's his name? Tim Tebow. And uh, you know, <laughs> I was threatening him behind stage one time and and then Lindsey Vaughn jumped on my back and it just became a whole fucking problem. <laughs> Lindsey Vaughn jumped just, on It just my got back. crazy. It was just weird. Ben my Lord, wife wasn't happy. Tim Tebow. I'm backstage. Tiger's God. house. It was just, it got weird. Tiger. The golfer. Yeah, it just, it was I've weird. heard of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. It's a weird time. Shame of plug. And so you're going to open up, you're going to start a fishing show. Above I feel like you things. have a lot of things to unpack other than fishing. That's a, that's a good thing to drop in the shameless plugs. The fishing show? Yeah. So this is the portion of our show where we do all of our shameless plugs. Now that we've recommended things that have nothing to do with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to drop my other show. So yeah. it's called, I'll tell you, it's, it's called Offensive Lines. So it's like has to do with my boat. It has to do with... What kind of boat you got? Uh, well, I had a Pursuit. Now I'm getting ready to get into uh, possibly a CV. Um, or I'm looking at going with like a sport fish kind of boat where it's yeah. either going to be got a, a very, Viking or whatever. So got a very small boat. I have a very small boat that I'm very proud of. Bro, it's not about the size of the boat. That's you right. It's I mean, about the motion of the ocean. It's more of about the girth of the boat. That's it. From what I heard. It's, a, it's how it handles yeah. itself when it comes <laughs> into those treacherous waters. <laughs> you got to be able to adapt. Where is this? Uh, this show is going to be where? Um, kind of in negotiations right now with a couple major networks, to be honest with you. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it's it's going to be, um, and, and I think from what I've understood so far, the third quarter of this year, so towards the summertime, um, it's going to have to do with like a lot of like the Rolodex that I was mentioning. Wayne out. Gretzky will be on this show, <laughs> from what I heard. <laughs> Do you want to, you want to hear a nasty story about Wayne Gretzky before we leave? <laughs> I'd love nothing more than to hear a nasty so, story about Wayne my, like, Gretzky. Here's my first celebrity golf tournament. I told the story before, but I don't know if, if your audience has ever heard it, the Food Network people. Um, 
not necessarily like Food Network, but like I was going to say, I don't, I don't support the Food Network. Foodies, the Foodies, oh, the Foodie Network, the Foodies. Um, so imagine this: you're getting invited to, let's just say, you're starting in the cooking industry, and you get invited to a celebrity cooking event, where like you're dealing with the end all be all of French Laundry or whoever it might be. So oh, my the Thomas Kellers of the world. My foursome is me, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and their money guy, a man by the name of Ashif Jiwa. And Lawrence Taylor. So oh, that's, our, that's our foursome. God, that's our what foursome. A, what a fucking football and player. And we roll up. We're here on in Miami Beach at Indian Creek. And uh, the first hole, we we get to the green. And then uh, LT looks at Mike and he's like, same thing as last week. And then Mike's like, buck 20. And he goes, yep. So I looked at a chief, their money guy, who was this Indian dude from Canada, from British Columbia. And I looked at a chief and I was just like, a chief. I'm going to get killed. I'm not spending 120 bucks a fucking hole, man. And he goes, no, no, they're, they're, they're going 120 grand. Grand? 120,000? A hole. A hole? A hole. Oh, man. And uh, what? so that day, because Lawrence whooped Michael Jordan's ass the week before in Vegas, Mike at our table wrote LT a check for 1.2 million for two weekends of golf, two rounds of golf. Let, let's wow. just say two rounds of golf. Yeah. And you that, didn't partake in this. Fuck no. I was like a <laughs> spectator. Um, and then, and then ironically, so we're, we're, yeah, I don't spend any money. So we're, we're driving and I looked at a sheaf and I'm just like a sheaf. And he's like explaining to me, like, you know, that's Enrique Iglesias' house. And that's a lot for 10 million. And you have to build a $10 million structure. And I'm telling you, this was like 15 fucking years ago. And, uh, and I looked at a sheaf and I'm just like, who the fuck can afford to spend $20 million on a fucking crib. Like, and I'm, and I'm young athlete money, like don't know anything. And, uh, and he goes, well, that's, that's my ex-wife's house. And I'm just like, Oh, so you're the money guy that's handling their money. Yeah. I could only imagine really when you get to that elite level of money, of of fuck you money. Well, Jordan has serious fuck you money. money. Oh yeah. Yeah. He changed the game for all athletes, everything, apparel, shoes, Branding, yes, he really is the godfather. When you got Jordans drop, dropping every day that are going for like a thousand bucks on like the back end of eBay. I uh, when we were in Atlanta, a couple of us who had Nike accounts literally would pay kids to stay up, and because Nike would only allow you to order one pair at a time, and we would pay them to order the J's that were dropping. That still would, happens. Like, they would refresh, refresh, no. refresh, and just order, order, order with our Nike That's contract. Still happens. It's fucking incredible. It's incredible. Well, not as incredible as this menu that's here, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nick, do all the things. No, I, we, so we, we we went through Brett's shameless plugs. You want to do oh, your shameless plugs? shameless plugs? Yeah, for the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did? 12, 10, the man. No pana. No, yeah. No, we're <laughs> no not on the man anymore. You need my shameless yeah, plugs? Yeah, plug your all stuff. Right. Uh, Ariette, Miami. Nave, Miami. Chug's Diner. Stay tuned for all the renovation information that's coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Side note, really quick, not shoot. to interrupt you. I, I'm a fucking. You know me. I'm a sucker for food, but I always want to take. Like we used to go to the place next door. Like I, used, I was even a member at that fucking wine place here next door. Oh, that 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 the is cave. now. I I, st- I own it. It's downstairs. Well, that's the thing. We used to like we used to come here all the fucking time, all the time. Like I'm talking weekend, 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 and do private dinners downstairs. Oh, I like and that. And David was our wine guy. There was like a, a, a maitre d, like wine sommelier kind of guy. David, French guy, and um, and we used to come here all the time, all the time. So 
for somebody that lives in like I'm in Gables by the Sea slash Pinecrest area, like that. That's Ooh, where we live. So last suburban, while. huh? Pinecrest. Yeah. So Crazy. imagine. So imagínate. You got that whole crew <laughs> imagínate. over there. Imagínate. That whole crew over there who is not aware of what's going on in the Grove because for the most part everybody's aware of Mr. C's because trash. it's the fucking, fucking end all be all. You gotta show up there. Trash. Other than that, and when it comes to the Grove, everybody's just basically wrote it off as like it's under construction. On so, my worst day, their food is not better than ours. Plus, I heard it's fucking an arm and a leg to go there too. It is. So I went there once with one of my mentors for lunch only because he was paying because i sure shit was not going to pay for that mm-hmm. and it was like i remember they had the veal i had a veal parm and it was just like it was like veal by the way parm one of my favorite nuggets. dishes in the world veal parm stay tuned for nave it's opening up uh, very soon if you want good veal parm and he we went and i was very reluctant but he said he was going to pay so i was okay with that and it was just like $56 for this, like, veal parm like nuggets. mini cutlets. I'm like, what is this trash? So bad. It's 56 bucks. And people go there. You know why? It's got a nice fucking view. That's how fucking shallow this place is sometimes. You know? Like, it's got a nice view. That used to be Doesn't... a parking lot, bro. We used to park in that motherfucker for five I n- bucks. I know. Well, five now, bucks. you should be paying five bucks for the food that they serve there. That's what you should be paying. But instead, we're paying $56 for veal parmesan cutlets that are no good. So there's that. Well, well, here's the thing. So imagine all of the my little community that I live in with and the private school people and the Pinecrest and the Pinecre. The Lourdes. The the Lourdes group. The the Coco Plum people. All that other (laughs) shit. You got to go to fucking Mr. C's. Because that's where all the esposas get a Vamos para mi con me Let me give me a fucking champagne. Like, that's what they want. You know what I mean? So can you imagine? So... Now we're stuck like fucking Chuck trying to go ahead and take the... Where do we go? Like, where do we need to fucking go? Aside just, from here now. Now, now that I... Just now that I, well, I'll put it this way. When I drove by here, I'm just like, I know where Taurus is. Uh, because it's the fucking old place where, you know, everybody used to go ahead and have a fucking great time. At it's it. also mine. I'm going to shameless... <laughs> yeah. So, like, here's the thing. Like, wh- where the fuck... Where do we go now here in the Grove? Yeah, no, you just... You were just there. Right when you get into the goddamn well, Grove. Coming I'm, down the main road. I'm going to transition here to a shameless plug for you. Sure. You specifically come here... Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow we have the tasting event. We actually have six seats available left, um, which this won't be released in time, so it doesn't no. matter. No, um, but there will be another one the following month. But yeah, we do we do that. We do these tasting events here every month, 10 to 12 courses. Here's the problem, though. People like glitz and glamour. We don't provide that. This is a real mom-and-pop operation. I built this motherfucker with my bare hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we've grown. Obviously, we have other locations that you could tell, like, wow, they spent a lot of money here. <laughs> like, this is not the one. But this is the flagship. This is the one that made it all possible. And this is the one that, if there is a Michelin star to go out, this is the one that will get it. No, but I, I will say, uh, and not to blow smoke up your ass. There you go. Uh, but, I mean, and I'm sure that you've done more of this than I have, like, world-class restaurant, tasting menu stuff. On all those lists of, this is on par with any of that. I, the, I the, dinner, the, the dinner they're doing tomorrow night, I did it two months ago. Uh, I'm sure the menu's not identical, uh, but it's... To two months ago, no. It's a meal you'll be talking about for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, that's... But that's kind of like what we're talking about. And it's what we've mentioned several times. is like, uh, Miami should be proud of Miami food. And we should not try to be like anyone else. 
And that's what we do here. That's what we're very proud to do. So I'm okay with the people that want to go to Mr. C's and they want to be part of that thing. They, they won't get this usually. They won't understand it. And it's fine. That's like I was mentioning to you before. People that have things to say about the music or this and that. That's okay. <laughs> that's totally f- I'm not going to placate to you. I'm not going to do my thing so you can feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We have other locations for that. We have a diner for that. We have a seafood restaurant for that. We'll have a French brasserie for that. We have tours for that. We have scapegoat. But this one, this one is out to make moves and it's out to make people feel uncomfortable and then when they do it they're just like oh this was really good that's the whole idea of this this space in particular so you know it's interesting you bring up mr c's and then now so many other things that are coming to the grove people are just like oh are you worried i'm like no why would i be worried what do i have to be worried about there's other people that's good there's other f- types of food that's fine but to scare me into what? To try to put tuna tartar with wasabi aioli on my menu? No, bro, that's not going to happen. So it's like, if you want, if you're looking for conformity, that's not going to happen. Uh-huh. If you're looking for good food, that will happen here. Good service, good food, good cocktails, good wine, good everything. But conformity, you won't. No, find. I saw the liquor on the wall. I, the the liquor selection, I can I can attest. It's it's a very fucking good top shelf good choice selection of booze like really nice and that's what we do from from the beverage side all the way down to the food side to the operational side that's like our thing like i said you am in the 80s we wear fatigues all day that's how we want to be you know like mr c's can do their thing they can placate to the people they can sit there and bitch and moan and whatever you need like nah man we're, we're, we're not giving you what you need we're giving you what you should <laughs> have so what about yeah. what about like a brunch location we also have brunch on Saturday brunch and here. Sunday. Okay, yeah. cool. Got That's it. the only business move that I make here. Got it. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Because yeah. I, me- I remember they used to do a decent brunch at the old restaurant. I don't I remember what it was called. It's like the it's like the, the sister restaurant of the one that's in Mayor Calamari. Park, right? Calamari. That's right. Yeah. Tom Bellante. Yes. Yes. Very yes. long-standing restaurant tours of South Florida that's crushed it with Carpaccio and so many other things. Calamari was not what Carpaccio is or does, but... It was there for a long time. We took over Calamari. uh, Man, it's been two years now. And then we built it out for a year. And then obviously through this year, we were only open for four and a half months. And then obviously. And then the the COVID came. There you go. Apparently only after 10 a.m. But you guys do a brunch brunch thing. We do one there. We do one here. We do brunch everywhere. Brunch in the Grove is like you have to do brunch. Yeah. Because, you know, for some reason, assholes still go to Green Street for some god-awful reason. For the dreadful, I go, the, I go to the get hummus. I do the hummus platter every single time I've been. To, I've never ordered anything else at the Green Street ever, ever in my life. I fucking went there with with A Rod and his chicas. Oh, I went his there. Chicas. I still don't understand. A Rod and J Lo still go to Green Street. I don't get well, it. Well, I don't know if J Lo knows, but he also fucking took Tori there. He took fucking Cameron there. He, he, it's just man. You know, it, it is dropping it is. knowledge here on Pinecone like, Podcast. It is, it is what it is. And then you got like like Spo Spo goes there all the time. Spo goes there all the time too to have his fucking his meetings I, that he does with, with with the coaching staff and stuff like that. I know Spo used to come here, but also it's because I don't placate the people that the reason why they don't want to come back. Usually, you often. didn't placate to Spo. I didn't placate to anybody. Give him a Filipino dish. He's in. Trust me. Give him a yeah. Cuban a Cuban Filipino fusion dish. He's in. But that's totally in our wheelhouse. You just gotta come back and give us a chance. Listen. I'm the guy that's been on fucking Twitter for the last three months trying to get a Spolstra college jersey, and Jimmy Butler won't give up the information on where the fuck to get it. 
And I'll, now I'll, I'll get that for you. Do you see what I'm saying? There you go. Ow. This is the main reason we do this podcast. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, here are the shameless plugs for Funcom <laughs> Podcast. You can find Funcom Podcast at datamag.com slash Funcom Podcast. We're on all the social media Nick things. Nick has tried to end this podcast Bunkum at least for podcast. the last 30 minutes. No, no, you're out of control. Me? Uh, and, uh, no, 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 no. This, he's equally as bad as I am. <laughs> all, all I needed to say, I got it out. You know, you I'm out. shocked why people wear masks. I don't know. This hit me for the first time today. No idea why. Eater.com. <laughs> uh, Continuing. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Brett. For, uh, for pleasure, joining us great. here. It's been awesome. uh, I'm sure we'll do this again I got one or last maybe thing to never. Say. One uh, last thing to say. Oh, no shit. How old are you now? 40. 40, huh? Now you're yeah. 41. Are you 41? 40? 79. Am I 41 then? No, no, you're you're 41. I'm 41 then. Yeah, it's 79? Yeah. That makes. That makes uh, the way the yeah, I just had a birthday. You did? Yeah, When's I did. What's your birthday? 10th. Of what? October. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy huh? birthday. Look at that. Happy I don't birthday. Remember. I really don't. That's, that's another. Good. We get, that's a whole other podcast. Where are you going? I don't remember shit. I don't remember a lot of stuff. What's going on? So I, I recently, I've made this effort to reconnect all of my high school friends. We have a very small group of friends. Uh-huh. We all played football together. We all ended up going to small division three colleges, uh-huh. except for one that went to UMass, whatever. So we did this thing at a friend's house that we all got together to watch Dolphin Game. Right, which was cool. I'm like totally expecting everything's fine. So I show up and I'm like, is there beer? Right? And they're like, Yeah, the beer's in the fridge. Seems like it's a pretty fucking reasonable question. So I open up the fridge and there's just a bunch of white claws in the fridge. And I go, I go, I go, I go grown man. I go, wait a second, wait a second. No, wait, okay. Let me correct myself. There's White Claw and Michelob Ultra. That is the only thing in the fridge. Concerned about their calorie intake, of course. I'm I so I I have a Michelob Ultra because I can't bring myself to have a White Claw. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it, so I have a Michelob Ultra. And then we're just all hanging out. And I see all these grown-ass men get drunk on fucking White Claw over the next three hours while watching the game. And at that point, I know that this year is incredibly fucked up because now everyone is drinking White Claw. And that's how we will end this po- podcast. Don't drink White Claw. <laughs> drink regular beer. And let's move on. Goodbye. That's it. We're done.